welcome to our episode 568. I'm Gemma. I'm Michael. Today we're talking about the episodes of Coronation Street, broadcast between the 20th and the 24th of March 2023, episodes 10,906, 10,911. It's a spoiler-free podcast, which means we won't be talking about all of the things that Corey's <laughs> told us about what's coming up for some of these I'm, stories. I'm so mad about this. It can Stop. be very difficult for us because it's hard to avoid these spoilers, but we also don't want to spoil it for you. At the best so of times. it makes it difficult to... Uh, we can't predict things that are going to happen in some of these stories because we know where they're going. Like, I'm really looking forward to doing Street Talk today because if you've been following us on our Street Talk shorts on YouTube, you'll have seen that we gave banger to every single episode this week. Spoiler. It was honestly a crack week on Coronation Street but some of the some of the intrigue the mystery and the excitement has gone because Coronation Street has been farting out spoilers all week on their social media this week um I appreciated this week because it no spoilers feels like this is the last chance of happiness (laughs) (laughs) well not celebrates he's dead (laughs) no indeed no, it was. It's it was about to get a lot grimmer. It was, it was fairly probably. joyous. Some of some of this, week, for sure. Yeah, well, you listen, know, the wedding's been even, cursed and all that. Even when you say goodbye to a beloved furry friend, the sadness you feel is only because of all the joy they brought you. So yeah. there's at least that an acknowledgement gone, of, that, that, of that, their uh, happy times you spent. Wednesday's episode was so good. I mean, they, they, I enjoyed them all this week, but Wednesday's, especially all the stuff with uh, with Evelyn, was just absolutely cracking. But yeah. before we get to that, though, oh yes, yeah, you have got many things. We do have that. some things on the agenda. Right, for example, wanna, yes. our platinum edition coronation conversation street uh, water water bottle no, no, yeah. black with uh, silver etching. Have we talked about five hundred milliliters? It's um. Available. If you want to order it, you've got to let us know this this weekend. Basically, we've got to order them. Have we talked about these on the podcast before? Yeah, I don't remember. We have. We've they got come, new bottles. They've got. They're not fl- orange because they won't do them anymore. They they've got a flip lid, plastic flip lid, but they are metal. They are insulated, and they come with an orange silicone handle. That's a little nod to our what? our signature colour. They cost a minimum. Of I think it's like twenty six twenty six ninety nine is the yeah, cheapest. Yeah, twenty seven pounds, and that includes delivery. And to buy them on their website is twenty five pounds, but they're not personalised, and that is free delivery. So you're not getting them cheaper than you would do, but you can't get them with the uh, the logo etched on anywhere else. It's no. an exclusive. We're just doing it. It's a bit of fun. Well, a couple of people wanted some some bottles. We didn't have any more orange yeah, ones. Yeah, we we have got one bottle, one orange bottle currently remaining in our house. That's not our own bottle. And, and that's already I haven't even got an owed bottle. to somebody. So yeah, the, these black bottles, uh, we, we thought we'd, we'd spruce them up nicely. They're, they're, they're platinum edition. They look very snazzy. Really. We haven't seen one in the flesh, but we can only imagine for the photos. They're lovely, but we, we've got to you order them. You have to them. order them. You please email us. We, we're ordering them very, very soon and we need to know how many to order. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. You have to, have to tell us, otherwise they won't be. We've, we've put we on can't. our social media channels this week, like, um, where you need to go to to, to pay to, to, to yeah, get it all sorted. But if you're interested and you can't us. find us, just just get in touch. Um, and that would be lovely. That would be lovely because we, we'd love to be able to, able to share well, our lovely merch with you. Yeah. Okay. And also, the other thing we've got up to this week <laughs> is we watched an episode. I just thought of the third thing. But yeah, you carry on. You talk about you this. You tell one. me what the third oh, thing is. My third thing is I'm wearing my third thing at the oh, moment. Yeah. I have a new 
piece of Coronation Street apparel this week, which was a nice surprise present from Gemma. It Went back on Monday, Tuesday. We had a yeah. we had a squidgy parcel in the package and in the post. Sorry, and I was like, here you go, Gemma. You go, What's parcel. this? What's this? What have you been buying? We do, now, Gemma, wife? we do do have a fair number of clothes getting delivered here because you get buy a load of clothes and then take them back to next at the weekend, don't you? And you realise you don't want them usually. But this was one you're actually meant to buy, and it was for me. It is a Coronation Street Rover's Return. Lovely green jumper. Bottle green. Mm. Yeah, with lovely gold stitching. Yeah, this was advertised. Some of you might have seen it because somebody posted about (laughs) this on Reddit just a couple of weeks ago on the Coronation Street subreddit. (laughs) And I know that there are some people from the Coronation Street subreddit that listen to this as well. Hello. Hello. Um, So, so yeah, we we have got the sweatshirt. So thank you, whoever it was that posted it. It's a very lovely fit. And I don't have any other sweatshirts. You you told me this. I don't know the difference. Apparently all my others are... Jumpers. Jumpers, and this is a sweatshirt. A sweatshirt is a fleece-lined, like, tightly knitted They're all cotton. just basically T-shirt They're... coverers. But I think yeah, it looks are. very nice. Slightly okay. nerdy, but it's it's good. That it's nice to feel that I'm wearing something Coronation Street theme for the podcast. We should put a picture Thank of you, you wearing much, it, looking Gemma. happy because I took a photo of you, didn't I? Yeah, but I've got a bit of a I've got a bit of a belly at the moment, and and although this is a nice snug fit, could we keep it in scones? Yeah, it, it, I, I'm not looking my best. We had it, Mother's Day afternoon tea, and I bought too many scones, but Michael doesn't care. There's no such thing Just as too them. many scones. I'll, as long as they haven't got raisins in them, I'll eat scones Even for days. Even scones, I'm, I'm getting. I'm having trouble <laughs> eating these. Days. Maybe, right. maybe we can pose. Maybe I'll do another photo because it was very nice. Thank you very much. Moving Gemma. on. Your lovely surprise present. Yeah. So it's, it's over to you. We had a very exciting bit of other televisual we entertainment managed, at the weekend. Didn't thanks we? to a very special person who knows who they are. We can. I say. won't say more because it will give away how we. We're giving it away now. Thanks, Nancy. We got to watch an episode. Of... Well, somebody posted it on YouTube, and all Nancy did was po- hang on. Post let's us not the say link. anymore. Um, we watched an episode of Celebrity Help. Ghost to my house or whatever it's what's it called? <laughs> celebrity help. Haunted I've written house. celebrity help in the notes here, but I don't I think it's celebrity help, my house is haunted. Oh, celebrity help. Which we talked about in the cabin last week, saying, Oh, if only we had Discovery Plus that okay. we can watch it. Listen, um I I was bitterly disappointed by the fact we didn't get to hear that guy's trademark. Bring, on, Bring the on the ghosts. He didn't say he it. He didn't say it once, but I've decided to trademark my own phrase, which is Show me the ghosts. <laughs> nice. Because nice. I think that has also got a bit of a ring it's, to it's it. It's different enough. Um, so we got so to see Rand Simon Gregson's house, which is quite exciting. I will say he needs to sort out his um, utility room. He had a very nice house, but his entryway was shocking. And his garden, <laughs> not up to scratch. Um, and also he was limping around, which was quite uh, yeah, was, poignant and sad. It was like yeah, watching was a little kind of, dog. Yeah, when, when was this filmed? Yeah, he had his foot limping up at one point, wasn't it? Um, it was kind of, I mean, I, I, I must say, I wasn't giving it 100% Michael doesn't believe in it ghosts. was a bit silly. Michael doesn't believe in ghosts, but I know they're real. <laughs> so I was watching this with great interest. And uh, as they normally do on these ghost hunting shows, they've got like the psychic kind of slash holy man slash... Uh, medium who like mm. says I can see a woman and she's standing there going oh I'm a ghost and then they've got the historian who goes off and goes yep someone died here in the past it's basically what you might <laughs> and imagine then they've got like, Simon Gregson listen, was pretty much how you might imagine Simon Gregson would listen, be and then they've got a paranormal expert who's like I'm using technology here to tell you there's definitely a ghost. <laughs> and they had all these um, these gadgets which I really love <laughs> these modern ghost gadgets which is like this com- this computer will randomly generate words which may or may not be significant to the haunting. And it's like, I am a 
ghost. <gasps> Did you hear that? I definitely heard there was a ghost then. Did you hear it? Yeah, you, you know, that that was our Mother's Day entertainment. Yeah, my mum loved mom it. Was also a, Me a and my mum used fan. to watch Most Haunted all the time. Yvette Fielding was a Nancy, goddess you, in our you house. you made Gemma's Mother's Day. I, yeah, I you hope, did. Thank, uh, thank you. you for she was that. really chuffed. Yeah. So um, I mean, I, I, verdict. I bet- um, Bobbins. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was haunted. I, I, um, oh yeah, haunted, haunted house, definitely. Hmm. Um, I, I think that when some people thought we were talking about Coronation Street themed things to watch, um, Casualty apparently at the weekend, which we didn't watch, was oh, also Coronation how, Street themed. How many had, ghosts have got that? There were no ghosts, but I mean, there have probably been plenty of um, people passed away. So I mean, if anyone's going to be haunted, it's it's Holbrook. No, I don't watch things like that. I only watch real things like Celebrity well, Help. Amanda Barry was on it, and um, that was quite fun for me to hear because when I was talking to Amanda last summer to do the quiz, she was saying, "Oh, I'm just in, I'm just in Wales filming Casualty." At the way I think she said it she was in Wales. It's been years to get it out. Yeah, yeah. It takes a long time to do these things. We're flipping Millie, Millie's filming and been filming the Doctor Who for months, this and we're not going to see that for over a year. People don't appreciate Coronation Street, probably. I know. Um, and also, um, Craig Gazy was in it, who played Graham Proctor. I love him. And we haven't seen him on telly for flipping, what, what 10, 15 years? Oh, Coronation Street, no, I think. No, he was in that thing. He was at a funeral. Was he? Yeah. He was in a TV show. Was he? And he was at a funeral. I don't remember. Let us know. What did we watch with Craig Gazy at a funeral? Anyway, um, so we've got just up to a lot of fun stuff this week, to be honest. But I suppose it's um, it's about time, Gemma. You had yeah. also you started tap- tapping Craig away on Gazy your phone. Funeral. No, there's no there's no time for this. People will tell us what what what's going on. I can't live. I can't fill space. He wasn't in here. the bay. Gemma, please. I have got nothing else to say. I've run out of steam. Right. I need. Shush. I must feed Shush. my my Coronation Street thing. By doing a quiz you want me to do your quiz? Well, yes. If I find it, then I'll tell you. <laughs> you got it. Right, quiz. Twentieth <laughs> to the twenty fourth of March, and years ending in three and eight. I found this information at coronationstreet.fandom.com. Twentieth of March, two thousand and thirteen. Rovers fire. Who dies? Was it? Who dies in yep. the Rovers fire? I'm gonna say it was a fire person called. Is that right? Yeah, Tony. Tony was she called what? Tony with an yeah. I? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not losing the point. We're not knowing her surname. Tony Griffiths. That Griffiths. was. That was. I don't know how I knew ten years. Ten years ago. Ten years. Don't get in conversation. Don't worry. I'm not. Right. Who started Why the fire not? and what was their nefarious plot? Carl started the fire, and his nefarious plot. I can't actually remember why he did it. He was probably. Why did he start the fire? I think. No. no. No, he started the fire yeah. and he was like, I know how I'm going to explain this. And he had a plan for like how to explain. If you don't Why? know, you don't know. No, I don't remember. You won't be able to guess it. He wanted, it was, who started it? It was Carl. <laughs> yeah. Um, he start, He wanted Stella to think that it was Jason's dodgy electric work. Oh yeah, because Jason and Stella were having it off at the time, weren't they? Yeah, okay. Um, oh, the next well, question it? is, what TV show we watched was Craig Gazy in, no, starring in a funeral? that's not part of the quiz. If you don't know, I can tell you the answer now. Happy Valley. Days and days. Okay. Um, yes and yes, I mean. <laughs> you got no points for you. <laughs> Okay, next. Next. I even question. had that in front of me. I got the name wrong. Weeks and weeks. <laughs> 21st of March, 1988. What do Curly and Emily accuse Alf of being when he rents Curly a flat instead of Shirley? Racist. Yeah. The 22nd of March, 1978. Who does Alf punch during his wedding reception? <sighs> 
When was it? 1988. No, 78. 78. Oh, okay. Oh, can I have a bit of context? I won't take the point, but I'd quite like to guess it. Um, it was at the wedding reception, and yeah. he's getting married to Rini. Rini's dad. Rini's stepdad. Yeah, I get it. Joe Hibbert. Do I, are you going to give me? I did say. No. I would, oh. No, you forfeit yourself. I'm going to give you point. more difficult. <laughs> okay, no point. Right, 23rd of March, 1980. Oh. Sugar, I've done it again. I kept getting the I kept getting the dates wrong all well, the way done. through this. You got the years wrong. Yeah. Anyway, 1981. 1981. <laughs> Listen, it was a struggle. I've struggled really hard with this because everything. Just, just can I just tell you everything that happened in year in in the, between the 20th and 24th of March and years in year three and eight was boring this this week. <laughs> so you just gone for a random. Listen, what happened? Um, the Gazette runs an article and implicates Ken in whose death and for what reason. What was the what was the month? No, <laughs> March nineteen eighty one. Ken yeah. is implicated in someone's death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't be too mad at you if you, you don't get this because you didn't revise this. Year. I, I didn't. I never revise for this. I never revise. <laughs> um, I don't understand how I've got this wrong. I double checked this because I went through and I also did the wrong year and had to delete a load, and then know. I did another one that was wrong. I don't know. I don't know how you got this wrong. Um, oh, you tried doing it. Um, it's actually easy okay, to I'm get things wrong. Okay, I'm going to forfeit the point for this if you give me more context. Can I just tell you, it's easy to get things wrong because the, uh, there are infinite number of things that are wrong and only one thing Very that's right. Very true. Go on then. I'm giving myself a zero, <laughs> so I got 50%. That's it, not great. It was sweet. to do with him in one of his careers. Something to do with his job? Trading on his looks. Because you all know that Ken is very handsome. Because we all know that Gemma, would, Gemma and Daisy would definitely kiss him. What was the date of this? What was the year? Maybe the date's wrong. 1981. <laughs> this wasn't the woman who died when he was working as an escort. Yeah. Like, that wasn't 1981. Was that was like... That was... Uh, that. I don't know, but that was about 20 years too early. Fail, Gemma. That was a quiz fail this week, <laughs> I'm afraid to say. <laughs> No, he was working for Alec Gilroy at Golden Years. That that might have been like oh, maybe it was 1998. Yeah, it was 1998. Right, I'm taking a point back for that one. Uh, I'm taking a point back for that. I think I'd get a point for getting it right, actually. Oh my gosh. Right, four, four, zero. No, four, hang on a minute. Two. You didn't answer the question. The woman. The Gazette runs an article and implicates Ken in whose death and for what reason? He Ken was working as an escort for Alec Gilroy's Golden Years Escort Agency, and he takes a woman out who I don't Do remember know? what her name. is. Oh, you is. should remember her name. Should I? Yeah. What's it? Why? It's a funny name. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, and anyway. Um, and anyway, yeah, he's he's out with, for dinner with her, and then she goes to the toilet and dies in the toilet. Dies in the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Elvis. I um, feel vindicated because it was. What was the woman's why name? Why did I write that down wrong? What was the woman's name? Babs Fanshawe. Oh, Babs Fanshawe. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna claim a point that's half made up of Alf Punch and his father-in-law, even though I said far. Go on. Stepfather-in-law. Explain. And half a point for knowing. What you were talking about when you <laughs> when you said it was 1981 and not 1998? That's fair. That's so fair. four Listen, against two. It's already chaos here. It doesn't make any difference. It's made up. Do you know what I think? I think it's causing this chaos. 
We were cursed. A, a, a curse or a ghost? We were one, cursed. One or the, one or the <laughs> like other, Christina. I don't know. Um, okay. I haven't finished the quiz. I thought you said that was it. No, I didn't. Oh my gosh, this is a disaster. 23rd of March, 2003. Jenny's not going to be inviting us to host the after dinner, uh, the, the Monday quiz at the Rovers. No, I wonder if anyone's new. On is anyone new listening to this? Sorry, it's not, well, it is kind of like this. This is a good it's, way to start. It's kind of like this every week. It, but it can't get worse so, than this. Not so useless. 23rd of March, 2003. Which two characters agree to go into business together doing magazine competitions? Which bit? Which carefully. year? Two thousand and three. Yes. I'm going. That stopped you. You were very confident. Two thousand and three. I mean, who who knows? Norris. No. Oh, I don't know. Jack and Kirk. I don't remember. That was a trick oh, question. Twenty fourth of March, two thousand and three. During Hugh, whose funeral? Does Peter get married to Lucy Richards? Someone had a funeral. Sharon Unwin. That's correct. Yes. First appearance of which character? Yes. Da-da. Bev Unwin. Yes, Bev Unwin. Bev, Bev Unwin. Unwin. Congratulations. Right, so final score. My... One, two, three, four, five, six right and three or four Well, we won't know. Wrong. We don't really know how many questions I got are. more right than I got wrong. That's all that counts. Excellent quiz, Gemma. Thank you very much. I, um, I work really hard on these Did quizzes. I see in the news recently that Jeremy Clarkson isn't being renewed for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Because um, I could do the questions. Then you need to give your number in to I million, could do the to, questions. To ITV. And I could do the asking of the questions. Yeah, brilliant. I'd be like, right, I don't know if this is right, actually. <laughs> if you play your cards right, maybe you get a couple of winnings as well. Right, um, who has got a birthday coming up? Happy birthday to my sister. It was her birthday the other day. Happy birthday to yes. you. Um, who has got a who who who? Someone important. very cool. Twenty seventh of March, Julia Goulding plays Shona Platt. Ooh. And then twenty eighth of March, Beverly Callard plays Liz McDonald and Nikki Sanderson who plays Candy Stowe. Twenty ninth of March, Julie Goodyear plays Bert Lynch. This is quite a good week for this birthdays. Is pretty good. And Debbie Rush plays Anna Windas. <laughs> and thirty first of March, director Mary McMurray. Happy birthday to all of those people. Have a lovely, lovely birthday, well, everybody. I, I thank you all for um, your adulations for my quiz masterings. You also get adulations for your singing last week on the podcast. I was very you? good at singing. Somebody I on said, Facebook said that they very much enjoyed you out warbling I away there. You, you were no Glenda Shuttleworth. No, but, I uh, mean, it goes me, Glenda, Adele. Top three songstresses currently alive yes. in the UK. If you say so. And Glenda's not real, so... Let's do. I let Adele do that because street I, talk. I We're doing be, street talk. Street can't talk do time now. Shut up. Street and talk. Singing as well. Street it's talk. Too odd. Street talk. Okay, so time for this week's street talk. Like I said earlier, we very much enjoyed this week's Coronation Street. So looking forward to having a good old chat about it with you, Gemma. Would you like to hear some fantastic storyline titles for this week? I like this first one, Grievelin. That's good. Yep. Grievelin, is that all I get for that? Yeah. I was I was looking for You're ages. You're making light of it. What? You're I, I am a little bit. I was thinking for ages about like, there's only so much you can get joke-wise about Cerberus. His, his name doesn't pun very well. But Grievelin, because sad stuff this week. Um, we had, I, I want to do the Look Who's Stalking storyline next, even though it maybe wasn't one of the main ones, but it's um, certainly leading up to um, fireworks next week, I'm sure. The Damon Drink. Mm, yeah. Why is it, why is it, what's the drink? Well, Damon and Sarah had a drink together in the no. bar, and it's led to all sorts of things. That's how it starts. That was 
Yeah. I enjoyed that storyline, surprisingly you? so. That was something where I'd like seen a picture of it the previous week and I didn't know what was going on. I was like, oh, we're... Sarah Louise and Damon, oh, why would you do that? But actually, it uh, turned out to be quite quite interesting and it made me enjoy Damon a whole lot more. Um, I don't know, I didn't know what to call the Stephen stuff because he wasn't really L.S. Stephen this week, was he? He didn't even get any drugs. Um, so I didn't know whether to go with the, the Lord of the Underworld, which is what we ended up calling his um, his new job title last week. But then I also thought that um, contract, yeah, about the little nitty gritties of the contract, so we could call it Read the Small Print. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the other one, Fiddler and the Rufus. Uh-huh. I'll just get, just get an hands for um, you. Maybe it's because this, this is the second time I've told you that I'm going to go with Lord of the Underworld for this one. Hey, Gemma. No. <laughs> Gemma. No. <laughs> Pull my finger. <laughs> you, no. I'm not at that for a few weeks. This is not going to be called that for very much longer. Yeah, but well better. Well, I think it's a little better because Pull My Finger is storyline title gold in my eyes anyway. Um, we also had a little bit more of the explicit consent warning, although still no sign of Amy, but um, it seems to be setting things up for that storyline finally coming back into the fore next week. Um, would you like? Would you prefer to do Dead Dog? Or would you prefer to do um, Rovers and Pub Stuff? I don't want to do a dead dog story. I'll do the dead dog story. Um, oh my God, this is just tragic this week. And it's always it's always sad to lose a Corrie pet. Well, sometimes it's sad. Usually it's sad. And I, I did go into this week knowing that this was going to happen. And I was thinking, they, they'd better get this right. They, they'd better, like, really, you know, be... Uh, there'd better be tears across the nation when this happened. Well, there was. It was like it was like when the Queen died all over again. It, it almost was. I mean, looking at looking at the reaction on social media this week to Cerberus dying. Who I'm not going to say. You know, if you think about iconic Coronation Street pets, I'm not going to say that Cerberus is one that people would automatically mention. It's not a spring to mind sort of animal. But I think it was Maureen Lipman's performance. Honestly, she was amazing. So um, yes, really, really sad stuff. But it started off with um started off on Monday, and um, as these pet deaths often do, it kind of sprang up on them quite quickly. Um, because the, the main drama on Monday, really, was Evelyn still being really hacked off after Roy not showing up at her birthday party the other day. Um, so she goes to the cafe, and she wants to just clear the air and stuff with, with him, and they both admit they owe each other an apology. So it looks like everything's okay for the time being. Roy admits, look... Um, I just, I'm, I'm sorry. I was at, I was at Carla's place. Uh, she, she was having her house on fire, fire, um, fire. What's it called? Fire alarms ringing away. Apparently. Oh yeah, we. I'm sorry. <laughs> we've, we've been told that this week that um, we. How did we miss Missed, the fire alarms? I don't know. Like, we don't I remember. Can I, my only um, defense is that. I just ignore fire alarms because <laughs> um, so, they're usually going off because my I'm c- cooking something. That's true. So he says, "Look, sorry, I didn't come to your birthday party, mm-hmm. but I did have some important other storyline to be involved in." She says, "Yeah, you know, it's, you don't blame yourself about it. I'm sorry, Carla's ill. Uh, she's uh, and she says, look, um, it, it, she he says." I should go and bake her a cake or something like that. No, she says that. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It? It's not relevant at all. But they're friends by the end of this episode. And this this was when um, we see Cerberus kind of sneaking around around the kitchen area. And, and he comes out looking a little bit guilty, you know. And because earlier on that episode, was it that episode or was it last week? I don't remember. But an Eccles cake had been dropped onto the floor. Roy was in a scene with Billy, wasn't he? And Billy... 
Billy talks about the three-second rule and Roy's there too busy playing away on um, online chess on his phone to notice. So it seems like Cerberus has maybe snuffed the Eccles cake there, but it goes unnoticed by, by Roy and Evelyn. Back at home later, Cerberus is feeling the effects. I mean, we know, all know what it's like, don't we? We've eaten something that we shouldn't. Eating feeling a little cake. bit bloated. Uh, been eating scones <laughs> since Mother's Day and you kind of just want to lie there on the sofa and... and just, just, Let it. just blob, just blob, yeah. and um, he's he's just lying there all pathetically, and and Fizz says he's he's not doing so well, and Eva's like, no, no, he's he's fine, he's, he's well, okay. She says he's getting on. Oh yeah, Fizz Fizz says he's old. Yeah, he's he's ten, wasn't he, Cerberus? I don't know. Is that is that old for greyhounds? Well, this I, is the thing that people always seem to be astounded by, and I don't understand why this isn't common knowledge. But different dog breeds have different lifespans, different shelf lives. And smaller dogs generally live longer than mm. bigger dogs, which I thought was obvious, but no. Apparently if you not. if you want a long lived dog, you need Chihuahua. Well, ten years isn't too bad. Ten but years is anyway, not long enough. Anyway, Fizz is there saying, not Monica, uh, Cerberus is looking a bit peaky and getting old, and Evelyn's like, no, plenty of life, life in the old dog yet. <laughs> um, and then Fizz just disappears out of the story for the rest of the week. She's gone to see Scylla, hasn't she? Uh, she by the- Wednesday's episode. She's in the um, Victoria Gardens crying not over a that, dead chinchilla. Not that Scylla. Scylla the mum. Um, because for some reason... Scylla the mumzilla. Scylla was... Uh, fizz wasn't required or surplus requirements in this. Or maybe they just couldn't find a way to hide Jenny McAlpine's pregnancy bump at the vets. I don't know. But um, it's all Evelyn and Tyrone. And um, Cerberus has been up all night. He's been sick. Well, Evelyn's been up all night with Cerberus. Yeah, yeah. She, But she's determined not to go to the vets. I think she's very much in denial, isn't she? She's like, oh, he'll get over it. You know what those vets are like. They'll fleece you for hundreds of pounds. Which which is true. Especially if I you know, have to but... take them out of hours. I know, but we're, we're the total opposite, aren't we? We're like, oh, look, and she looks, she looks a bit sad. Let's talk her to the vet. I know. No, my vet's like, ka-ching. Yeah. So Evelyn's like, no, 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 she'll be fine. And, but Tyrone's looking a bit worried. Evelyn goes to the shop. But when she gets back, Tyrone's there just like, oh, I really think that there's something wrong with Cerberus here. He's eventually finally able to convince her to take him um, to the vets. And even at this point, Evelyn's starting to look a little bit upset herself. Now I think she can, she can sense that there's something not quite right with her mutt. And um, the the vets looks looking very concerned, and he's like, "Right, we're gonna have to run some tests." Uh, people, oh. lots of people online pointed out that Cerberus was treated an awful lot better than Carla was when she was going through her medical issues recently. Still, no blood test for, for Carla, but Cerberus has had all sorts. I mean, that's you get what you pay for, don't you? Yes, NHS is free. Yeah. So, what do you want? Yeah, I want to just ask a question here: Is this the beginning of Evelyn's year of misery? Now Corey Bosses can see how well she cries. Does that mean she's going to be... Oh, maybe. She's going to be the... Can you imagine that? <laughs> That's thinks... what they do to the... It's usually the young Corrie girls no, that she, get Well, it's that, definitely always it? women. It is, it is so the women. Do you think that we're going to be given uh, Maureen Lipman the Weatherfield Waterworks Award for 2023 at the end you know, of the year? You know, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all because I she think was I damn would. good. No, I think I, think I would. Too but, sad. Um, she, she was great. Uh, anyway, so... so um, the, the vet's like Cerberus. saying, has he eaten anything funny recently? His stomach's quite swollen, his lymph nodes. and His lymph nodes? Lymph nodes. Lymph, what did I say? Lymph nodes. No, lymph nodes. And um, they, so they have to keep him in. And, and you can tell, more, more it's, uh, 
uh, Evelyn is, is worried. She like gives gives him a big hug, and she's not one to you know ever show her emotions, is she? She's no. so buttoned up tight, but giving him a big kiss and a cuddle on the head, and and again, as a viewer knowing what was coming, it just made it all the sadder. So Roy ends up finding um, Evelyn sitting um, in the cafe, looking beside herself with worry, and she explains to him what's been going on. And, you know, they're saying, oh, the vet says that he's eating something funny, maybe. And and then this is when he kind of very sheepishly mentions, oh, there was an Eccles cake on the floor the other day. Maybe he's had that. And Evelyn is like, what? She is fuming. Especially when Roy admits that the reason that he hadn't picked the the, the Eccles cake up or noticed it was because he was distracted by his online chess tournament. And she is like, what on earth? You are responsible. If Cerberus dies, I'll never forgive you. It was was a very, very soap kind of ultimatum, wasn't it? And um, you you did a bit of research, didn't you, into... into, um, I don't the, the think... toxicity of raisins for greyhounds. I don't think an Eccles cake would kill a, a greyhound. I don't. The thing is, I don't think it was supposed to. No, I think Evelyn's eventually going to realise. No, I know, but what? Uh, right, number one. If you ever suspect that your dog has eaten something that they shouldn't have done, and they're at the vets, don't just sit about. Phone the vet up and say, "I think I've worked it out." You probably want to pump his stomach because he's probably eating raisins. Don't just go in there and tell the vet, "Oh, I've finally worked it out." Well, I think it wasn't long after. I mean, it was during that conversation that she gets the phone call from the vet calling. Yeah, but her she back doesn't. She goes and tells the vet. She goes into the office and tells the vet later. Oh, okay. I would immediately phone the vet up and go. Someone's told me he ate an Eccles cake. He's probably had raisins. Mm. But number two, you... I don't think that. You need to worry if your dog eats a raisin, even though it says, "Oh, you." There's no suit. There's no like minimum amount of of raisins that's safe. Don't feed your dog raisins or grapes. Would you say there's no raisin to panic? <laughs> I just think that um, <laughs> this is the sort of thing that makes people get panicky and worried. But I don't think that you, like, you, you said- should never ever feed feed it to them. You, you said that it needed like 80 grams of raisins to, to be toxic and there was greyhound. probably about 20 in the Eccles cake or something, unless he's very generous. I did find a little online calculator that said how much your dog weighs and then how many grams of raisins and it was like 76. Oh, the wonders of the internet. But... Exactly what Tim Berners-Lee wanted, isn't it? Someone else found a website that said no raisins, even one will kill your dog. Okay, so maybe somewhere in the middle. I'm pretty sure I used to feed my dog grapes. (laughs) Well, the thing is... But I'm not saying you should feed your dog grapes. Don't do that. Cerberus had bad kidneys, and I think, you know, the the, the Evelyn taking him to the vets probably just... Yeah, it was. And and Cerberus could have gone, you know, suffering maybe unnoticed for a while if he hadn't been going to the vets. Nina says, I think I found that Eccles cake. She does, but I, d- I got a feeling that she was just trying to say it to make Roy feel better about himself because he's, like, beside himself with guilt when he realised what's happened. And, and Nina tries... To, I, I, I read that as her saying, oh, don't worry, I'm sure I found an Eccles cake and it didn't have a bite in it, but who, who knows? At the end of the day, the Eccles cake did not kill Cerberus, sadly. Bad kidneys is a is a real. I I've I mean I've I've had pets die of bad kidneys before. Like my first cat Zoe um had kidney problems. I, I think it's a common thing. Anyway, um they go. She and uh, Tyrone go uh back to the the vet's office. The the vet's um 
surgery practice, whatever it's called. And um, she says, don't, don't worry, it's okay, I, I'm fine, it's just an Eccles cake. And and this is when she's told, no, he, he's in kidney failure. But, but not raisins good. would kill, cause that, just to be clear. That oh. is how it would a dog would die. Oh. So we still don't Roy, the murderer. Know. We still don't actually know whether it was the Eccles. I mean, I guess it's like anything. There's no... Was it everything's poisonous? It depends on the dose. Mm. I don't, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put it down in my head. It's a coincidence. I think. Anyway, um, she she says uh, he, he says. Look, well, we we could give him treatment, but honestly, it's not gonna improve his quality of life that much. And I think we need to do the kindest thing and put him to sleep. And... Is this why you don't like eating raisins? Because you're scared you're gonna die. I, I I'm not. Failure. I don't like anything with raisins in. And so that won't get this you. This is just, um, I'm double proving down on your, that now. Exactly, my, my, my opinion on raisins has been validated, quite frankly. Evelyn's like, oh, no, second opinion. I'm still in denial about it. And he's like, I've spoken with my colleagues. We're, we're like, we're like uh, the medical centre. We have like one, one person in a day that's needed here. We've got nothing better to do. So um, yeah, th- this is the most humane thing to do. And he takes him... The scene kind of carries straight on into his room and Lutzerbris is there lying on a mat on the floor and this is when Evelyn starts crying, a tear running down the cheek and she sits, sits down beside him. him. It was just the most tragic thing and I wanted it to be. Like, I went into the episode thinking this, this had better be gut-wrenchingly dreadfully terribly melancholy and tragic and sad and this is this is better give give me a wobbly lip and not much on current no I, I never i never cry at things do i i'm I'm not a weeper and i didn't weep at this but honestly when <laughs> at this point i was going i wondered how you'd cope with it because what, what do you mean you, you don't like you don't like dying anything on Coronation Street, and there's a bit of a dog fan. I don't like medical things. I was I was like really worried that you would hate this episode so much, and you would just want to be clamming up and not want to talk about it. But you, you took it quite well. Thanks. Well, I mean, you were laughing about the fact that um, you have to. I what I do if I find something to affect me too much is I just make jokes about it so I don't cry. So I was just I was just saying to you. This is quite funny because that you said, oh, how did they get a greyhound to to stay still for so long? I was like, look, buddy, <laughs> greyhounds are the laziest dog you will ever see. They probably have, they probably didn't have to buy them at all. <laughs> we just let him laze about. You, you have hit, had history with greyhounds. He was having you? the time of his life, having his ears scratched by Maureen Lippman. Dame Maureen Lippman <laughs> was at his beck and call all day long. He was probably the happiest dog in the country. Yeah. yeah. Um, that we we've heard. Oh. And um, apparently the dog's name in real life is Boss. Oh, really? So, there we I go. I thought it was actually Cerberus in real life. Well, it? somebody t- said that on Twitter, oh. and everybody knows that Twitter only okay. tells the truth. Um, no, I, I've heard there other other times when they've had to have animals, or dogs specifically, look sick on Coronation Street. They've given them just like a massive runaround until they're completely shagged out. Yeah, but and, uh, with, with greyhounds, that would literally be like five to. seconds. <laughs> well, why do they race them then? Because they're fast, but they're lazy. They can run for really fast. It's like you. They can run really fast once and that's it. 
I am a guy on the grey hand done of for men. The day. It's true. Okay, um, so so she, I've lost where I was just kind of spoiling well, the mood a little bit here. But Evelyn will, doesn't want yeah, to see him suffer. No, and she she's like, okay, she, this is when she gives her consent, isn't it? And she she sits down and tells him how great he was and loyal, and calls him oh. the Prince of Weatherfield and everything. And she puts a blanket over him and strokes him. And and Ty, Tyrone's Tyrone not the best. He's like, Nana, are you okay? Are you all right? And she's like. Of course I'm not alright. What a ridiculous question that is. Um, and then he runs off and leaves her. He lets her sit alone with her dog while it's being put down. Because he, he says, I can't. I can't cope with this. And he keeps going on about Monica. It's like, sorry, Tyrone, it's not your day. It's Evelyn's day. To be fair to him, he didn't have a chance to do this to Monica. Because Monica, his greyhound from 20 years ago, literally just popped out of existence. Didn't she? He's she, probably not a One day she was in it. And then the next, we never heard from her again. Until now. Yeah. It's a bit like um, like Rover. I'm kind of assuming that Steve's dog's dead at this point, and but it's never been mentioned. It. So it's well, I'm glad for Cerberus that at least she she got uh, he got an exit at least. But yeah, Ty- Tyrone, Tyrone's being an idiot, asking her if he's all right. But I she's think it's that right. she's all right. So, but then is that dog all right down there? Sorry, I've not been paying attention. What's happened to your dog? Um, no, and then but he he apparently gets too sad and That's has to leave. That's what I said. Um. That useless. I know, I know, no, I'm sure you were thinking that as well, but then I was thinking about when we had Safi put to sleep. Yeah, and you did. You left me to it. I didn't run out of the room because they asked us whether. Did we have to go back in? And yes. then we had, and we had to decide whether we wanted to go in or not. And I was like, I don't think I can. And you went in. And well, you I wouldn't were... be able to live with myself if I if I didn't go in. I know, I know. So I am. I was the Tyrone of us then. But anyway, I, I you think you didn't run off crying. I didn't run off crying. I was just like, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. Well, so we all got to do hard things for each other sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the scene was a lot better without Tyrone, to be honest. At the end of the day, so Maureen Lipman was the... We needed no one else. anybody else in that scene. I mean, yes, we had the, the nurse dog. and, and, the, and, and the, 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 the vet, but it was all it was all on Evelyn. It was just like so... And the thing is, like, it's probably it's so easy for, for Maureen to crack out a performance like that because she's not a dame for no reason. She's not, you know, one of the most she's not new to the game she, she's not she's not and it's like what yeah you want me to make the nation's yeah, heart break no it. problem you, you want me to break everyone's heart on a Wednesday uh, quick, evening quick look at the script fine jobs are good and, but she was just awesome and and Ty, I think Tyrone there blubbing away and I, I do rate Alan Hulsell as an actor but I, it wouldn't have added anything for him to no. have been there Quiet. and Cerberus was her companion or has been her companion for 10 years and she's been living on her own for so long after her Cassie died and just oh so so good anyway just um, the way that the that Cerberus the 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 acting dog was lying there is probably thinking oh god is this real what's going on am I am I dying (laughs) I was like I didn't know how much of the scene we'd even see because sometimes with these things you see like the just before the death and then they cut away like I can't remember what they did with Eccles um what was it, it must have been two years ago now I don't know whether we actually saw the injection going in or anything but I was like waiting for them to cut away and they did it under a blanket didn't they yeah but it was it was still a little bit more Visceral. graphic or maybe than I thought it would be but at the end, I'm glad they kept it all in. I, I wouldn't have changed that at all. Now they had some great camera shots as well. That, that, they that, did. The that one, it was, was the, good. The, the the camera was like on the ceiling. It was yeah. above, wasn't it? Which it's was like brilliant. we were watching where he was going next. Yeah, doggy yeah. heaven. Doggy heaven. 
go and chase him. Oh, that was a great line. Was it Tyrone said, "Oh, you go and go and chase Monica," and then after Tyrone goes out, Evelyn's oh, like, yeah. Don't, oh, "Was it? What's she?" I wrote like, it by down. all accounts. Yeah, by all accounts, Monica was a lunatic. You stay well clear. <laughs> oh, great. Even anyway, in her grief, she's a cow. She, oh, good old Evelyn. She, it was like you know having a joke in times of great great sadness, which you know. This is just like when when way. my mum was on her deathbed, we were still having a laugh and a joke, weren't we? With, with her, with her. I have Not to going. Say. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> no. um, but anyway, it's, I'm, I'm sure that, that the Cerberus was laughing along as well at the same time. Um, anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm muttly. <laughs> Um, back they they get home and this was they have another great camera shot. It's like it was like a really low down oh, one on the cobbles, wasn't it? Was wasn't like from it? his the ghost, ghost Cerberus's perspective, following him around, around, and and that she's there with with the collar and everything. And that's Roy's... the saddest bit when your pet dies, especially if they're your only pet, and you go home and you've got all the stuff there, and you're like, there's the empty bowl, here's the leash on a hook. Well, I remember when when Dad went to take Zoe, that first cat, to, to go and get put to sleep, and I didn't I didn't go to the vet. I think I don't know where the mum went as well, and I ended up like taking a bowl and cleaning a bowl. And I was like, I don't know what to do, so Aww. I ended up cleaning out a bowl and washing it up in the sink and stuff, Aww. so it'd be away for when he got back. But then I remember he brought her back in a oh box and buried her in the garden. And I remember I've got vivid memories of him like pouring himself a glass of whiskey and oh like toasting God. to the garden. And, oh, it's, Horrible. How, how, how so many this people have lost that this is you know this is a uniting thing it, it really it? is especially in this country we are a nation of animal lovers yeah. and we all love our pets and we're so, so you know there's such a huge proportion of the population will know exactly what this is like honestly this is why i don't want to get a dog i know i know and i'm happy he's listening just down there but well, maybe she's asleep she doesn't know, she, she she doesn't know what's going to her um, it's the worst bit about having a pet and it's like is it worth all those years of joy and everything well Just... it obviously is yeah. isn't it I remember you talking about balance. when you had your Sasha when you were a little girl and you used to hug her and cry <laughs> knowing that one day she wasn't going to be here anymore this it's is... just it's I, just I terrible I can't cope and you know and then you get all of the other stories in Coronation Street, like we can't all relate to no. <laughs> people being dosed up on LSD or having a wonky hand syndrome. Or like or... having another order that's late <laughs> out of the <laughs> no. factory. No, exactly. But but there's so many of us are like, I know exactly well, this is the thing, what she's right? going through. On Twitter, loads of people were replying to tweets about Cerberus going, I remember when this, you know, yeah. oh, this only happened to me. Like my my... My dog died two weeks ago, and my mm. dog died last year, and all these photos of everyone's dead. Oh my god! I know. And in many ways, <sighs> you know, it was one. Of, it was sadder than it's a whole lot of saddest other deaths. Death, saddest death on Coronation Street since. I, I, I I'm gonna say the last. Um, <laughs> there have been quite a lot. I mean, Seb was sad Imran, in a way. Imran was really sad because that meant something to us that meant something to us Seb was sad oh I'm just remembering Abby's reaction when yeah. she gets told that he's dead oh my god but, it, that was but, it's, it, but it's like in a different way though isn't it because yeah. it's like you, you can't look at it going I remember when my son was kicked to death no exactly, <laughs> exactly that I mean I suppose the, the, the most recent 
similar one was Ollie in the, this year. You know, that was innocent. honestly sorry, but no. <laughs> because this you know was that worse. was just a dummy line in the bed during COVID. <laughs> I know, but I'm yeah. Obviously, I mean, I felt bad, but it hits you. And this is I know it's awful. Mm. But I, I mean, don't. You relate to different. It just make you a bad person if your life experiences are different. I, I'm to gonna, other people. I'm thinking of like other other Coronation Street Robert. pet death. No, other Coronation Street Robert pet was so deaths. sad when he got shot at Christmas. Sure. Um, like <laughs> Eccles. I'm not looking back at that and thinking, oh my gosh, no, that was I hated tragic. that because that I, well, that I was that thinking, was why why is Emma there? That was infuriating because everyone blamed her, and instead of being sad, you were out, I was outraged. Yeah, I was exactly. like, it's not her and, fault. And they, 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 they did have the some might say unnecessary drama of Evelyn. We, we haven't finished the storyline yet, obviously. No, unnecessary drama of Evelyn and Roy falling out, but Emma, Emma and Eccles didn't hit in the same way. There was Ozzy Oz, e- and Maria was kind of sad, but I'm it's like say, I'm not that into Maria also, or Ozzy. Eccles was probably the most um, iconic. Yeah. Uh, Corey Pet. I'm trying to think. Legacy Pet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of 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 like the but last I, few decades. Yeah, but I I don't remember feeling. You know, I wasn't on the verge of tears when Eccles died. For sure, I just thought it was all very weird. The circumstances. Do you there. think it's and um, then you got what? Um, an Easter egg that it was an Eccles cake that killed Cerberus. Well, maybe, maybe if it, they, I bet they bet they're kicking themselves for not thinking of that one for Eccles. I know, and also. Don't feed your dogs Oysted Easter by eggs. his own petard. Yes. Well, I mean, that's that's true. She, she, Cerberus did avoid the upcoming Easter egg onslaught. <laughs> I don't know. Onslaught? I just started that sentence. I you didn't know where, where I was going, going with that. No. Yeah, uh, Aussie, um, yeah, fine. Schme- what about Schmeichel? Schmeichel was very sad. See, I'm going to say, what? if Schmeichel had died when Chesney was a little bit younger, that would have just... That would have been unbearable to a little watch. a little cute cherub boy yeah. weeping over the corpse of his enormous dog but although we do talk about uh, often talk about Michael's death being the, the, the watershed, this, moment. watershed moment for, for Chesney and going from a boy to a man he'd still kind of he'd gone moved on, past he? the cute he wasn't, stage was he even living in the same house as Schmeichel when he died I can't remember I can't remember I remember him coming out. back to the house yeah I, I, I honestly I don't know but <sighs> what about it, it was it was up there Harriet died <laughs> that's funny um, it, yeah it, it was definitely what about when um, Owen's fish were murdered oh by Faye by Faye the callous Faye the evil cement. anyway so we're, we're really really digressing here we need to go back and oh, say oh we do have a Coronation Street um, pets episode yeah, yeah, if you yeah, want do. to listen to it yeah, I it's on YouTube at the moment but you can also find it on our it was from episode 149 of the podcast it was a li- little bit out of date at this conversationstreet.podbean.com you can find it there as well um, it won't have Cerberus in it no no anyway anyway massive digression but still still on topic um, I don't even know where we get to they've, they've got home Roy is there isn't he he's kind of loitering at the shop because you know everyone's always where they need to be to oversee things in Coronation over, Street oversee things oversee uh, things it's over. funny how you say overhearing, but you don't mean, when mean you say overseeing, no. it doesn't, yeah. Anyway, they have the scene where they tell Hope they didn't have Ruby in that scene. Ruby's in the funeral scene. Ruby was in the funeral scene, but I think they made a wise decision not to have Ruby in the telling the children scene. Um, Evelyn's kind of saying, yeah, yeah she had oh, to... Oh, she was having to... She, she had to explain... Well, she had to comfort Hope, even though she obviously had a more of an attachment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, for Hope... This is her first, 
after Scylla. <laughs> actually, her second pet. I mean, Hope has grown up for the past. Well, how long's Evelyn been in it now? Three, four years. It's been I the family thought, pet. I would have thought Hope would have cried a bit more than she actually did. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But she is a, a she is a, a fictional mm. psychopath. Mm. That's true. That's true. Um, and uh, yeah, so she she ends up going upstairs. The child has been told, "Let's get the kids out. Let's get the grown ups to do their acting again." So Tyrone says, "Look, do you want to talk about it, Nana?" And she's like, "No, nope, I'd rather bottle it up. Thank you very much." So um, Roy finds Tyrone in the pub later who breaks the news to him and Roy just feels awful about this. Even if he had bad kidneys before, the Eccles cake surely must have made it worth his Roy's reasoning. If he really did eat this Eccles cake and he, and he did already have bad kidneys, it probably would have killed him. Well, I'm going to say... But a healthy dog... I'm not telling you to feed your dog Eccles cakes. If your dog's looking a bit peaky, don't, don't help him on cheer his way. Him up with an <laughs> Tyrone's like saying it's not your fault, Roy, but Roy's like I can't accept this. Roy's so such a self-flagellator, isn't he? He really likes to blame himself for things. Um, back at the cafe, this is when Nina's trying to tell him, no, 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 it's not your fault. Could have been anyone that dropped that Eccles cake. I think I maybe I saw a Eccles cake the other day on the floor, and, and and I'm pretty sure it didn't have a bite out of it. But he's like, no, 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 it's my fault. Miss Marie Roy, I always do everything wrong. Um, so he goes over to number nine later, and Evelyn's like pretty terse with him and saying, look, you deserve nothing but my contempt. Uh, and he's like, I am really, really sorry. I'm so remorseful about this. And she tells him to leave because their friendship is over and they'll never talk again. Um, and we didn't see too much of it on Friday's episode. If I don't think it... I, I wondered where it would go next, but you couldn't really top Wednesday's episode on Friday for this storyline, could you? And it's it's just about the kind of the, the ashes and... And where are we going to scatter him? Oh, I know, let's make it Victoria Gardens because then well, we can film it within the compounds of Media City. <laughs> I don't understand why she cleared space for the urn, but then they scattered the ashes. I wondered that as well. I think we probably missed something there, but never mind. Um, so she she um, she goes past Roy's with the little urn of ashes later and uh, yeah, she's definitely still in a utterly foul mood with him and not in any way close um, to forgiving. Um, Roy's still blaming himself. He says, it's my phone, it's my phone's fault. Was this the whole point of the phone addiction story? Just to cause... To kill off Cerberus. To kill off Cerberus, yeah, maybe. And and Abby, who's just there for the lols, because, just, like, hey, I'm in this episode, says it's not your fault. Thing is, with greyhounds, they're gannets, just like every other dog. They will snarl off anything. If he did see this Eccles cake on the floor... If Cerberus saw it at the same time, I bet you he wouldn't have been able to get to it quick enough to stop him from eating it. The only thing you could have done is get him to the vet faster. Mm. Not you want Do you not think so? Him in the face. When half the time, if you're around a dog and you drop something on the floor, it's the dog gone. sees it, they're like, "Propf." Mm. But the thing is, the, the Eccles cake had been on the floor for a while, and Roy didn't pick it up because he was too distracted by his phone. I think that's the problem here. Evelyn saying you should have picked it up straight away, and if you hadn't, know, then but... he wouldn't have eaten it. Um, anyway, Nina goes around to see Evelyn later and says, oh, Roy's really sorry, he's given up his phone. I mean, Evelyn is kind of uncharacteristically speechless um, for, a, for a time when Nina says, yeah, he, he's so sorry, he's not going to go on his phone anymore. Um, but anyway, he, he turns up at the, the ash scattering, doesn't he, at the end, and they kind of leave it there. They, they have Hope giving a weird eulogy, talking about Cerberus being based on the 
dog with Hades. I think she got. I think she got that written by Chat GPT. Uh, oh, do you reckon? I'm like, I wish they'd done a proper eulogy. But then, what do you say about a you know a fictional dog? I but, mean, uh, the only thing you can really say about greyhounds is they're lazy and they fart all the time. Yeah, yeah. They're really windy. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's called Cerberus, because he does demon parts. he smells like sulphur. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so it kind of, it did peter out a little bit. I was, I didn't know what to expect, and I, but it was fine. I mean, it, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. The whole everything on Wednesday just makes anything that came either side of it, it doesn't matter because this was absolute gold for me. Um, yeah, you're right. Normally, normally I get furious when people try to make me feel sad. You do. You like really know. hate it. I think I disconnected myself enough from this. I was I was really worried. Did you know that we were going to get a dead Cerberus? Have you seen that spoiler? Okay, because I was I was really worried that you'd just get really mad about it. So I, I'm, I do I'm get glad really you enjoyed angry. it. I'm glad you appreciated it. I'm not watching it. this stupid program anymore. Well, it's a good job you weren't really upset by it because uh, they didn't have it. If you've been affected know, by this storyline message at the end of the episode, so I was like, like I thought honestly. It is a real thing to be to have be bereaved from your pet, especially older people, mm. um, because they have you know they spend more a lot. Normally, they've got more time to spend with their pets. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, exactly, exactly. Not not evilly necessarily, but sometimes they're actually the only companions they have in in a day to day life. Yeah. So. Well, Evelyn went for a time when Cerberus was her only companion when she yeah. lived in that old place when she first came into the program, and. Um, I think ITV. I think the co- the Twitter account did did say, oh, you know, it. here's a here's a link for pet bereavement. But the show was like, anyway. It, that reminds me of when I used to work in Clinton Cars. Do you remember the story yes. of the woman who came in yeah. and she was um, she was looking for for bereavement cards. Yeah. So I had to show her where the shelf was and nestled among the human bereavement cards, there was sorry your sorry your dog's dead card. And she I. I've never had a I ne- never had an angrier customer than this woman who was just so fuming that we would dare put a dead dog bereavement card in amongst the dead human ones and and we were like we get told literally we we get sent all these cards to put on our shelves and we get a little map of where they need to go we have no choice of where everything was and she was she was demanding that we take all these cards down and she it was on a bank holiday Monday I remember this and it's like I don't, I don't really want to be here now. But um, yeah, people well, do. Well, people... it wasn't about you or the cars, was it? No, grief, grief affects people in in different ways, and people grieve about different things. Um, yeah, so... I mean, I remember when um, we came second in Eurovision. Exactly, exactly. But we still got to host. Still it. got to host it this year. That was good. That's the main thing. Um, <laughs> so I, I just, I, I, what, what I was really pleased with is to see the pretty universal praise of Maureen Lippman after yep. this. And, and, and yeah, it was, I saw one person going, this wasn't necessary. It's like, well, nothing's necessary. No, I, I mean, I, I think that as stories that you can relate to, this kind of thing is absolutely necessary. But I know, I this is, the, this is uh, and I really, I'm hypocritical here, I know. And I admit it, unlike most people. <laughs> but this is one of those things where you're like, I don't understand why you're so mad about this storyline. But then I know there are some things coming up where I'm like, this is just stupid. We don't need this to happen. There's too many other things happening. This is unnecessary. It seems like too, just a step too far. Mm. And like, so I can understand that reaction. But I, I think, 
yeah, it's this was super relatable. Evelyn is a sympathetic character, even if she's not necessarily always likable. No, and it's been so good to see people. I, th- I I'm not hearing people as much, at least, or if maybe at all, just saying, "Oh, she's just a Blanche ripoff," because that was that that was what everybody said well, at the beginning, wasn't she? You've when... said that more than anyone else has. No, that people no. said that they that there was no. I've seen okay. that a lot. People saying that what they brought her in for. She's just Blanche. She's never going to meet uh, match up to Blanche's um, legacy, and maybe maybe she won't, but. She's not the same as Blanche, no. is she? She's not. She's and, and having having this showing her her human side, and got, yeah, we had scenes where Blanche cried sometimes. Yeah, but, but I think Evelyn's a lot more rounded of a character, and she's she's mm. had more poignant scenes than Blanche ever did. Yeah, she's she's yeah more more human in a way. Um, well, she so, is. So I, I I'm glad that people Blanche are just, loving her. Blanche was mostly a comic character that made snarky quips mm. and i loved blanche yeah oh yeah she was brilliant blanche is one of the easily one of the best characters ever on coronation yeah. street but to, anyway. to say that evelyn is unnecessary because we have blanche sorry i don't i don't buy that she's so, one of the most valuable assets to coronation street at the moment i'm gonna say do you think that evelyn is gonna get a new dog or is she gonna get a chinchilla because that Cage is going begging. I don't know. Maybe I mean, she should get a tiny monkey. This is the other thing when when old people get to a certain no. age, they say, "Do I do I get my an nan animal like that this. might outlive me?" My nan was like this. She's like, "I'm not going to get another dog because I'll die." I'd I'd quite like to. I would quite like to see Evelyn with a little puppy. That's or what something. the Queen that said. That's what the Queen said. And then bloody Prince Andrew bought her two puppies, and then one of them died. Oh my gosh! And um, now he's got them. I. I I don't know whether she bought her another one. I don't know whether she needs another pet. I quite like the idea just because I like Corrie pets. I want to know whether they're still going to keep that ceramic greyhounds next to her mm, next to her tribute. chair. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, I, I'm if th- I was a, if I was an elderly person and I had a, a pet, I would be more worried about how sad my pet would be if I died. Yeah. But you can do stuff, can't you? Where you get the RSPCA to if you pay some money, they'll take the dog from you if you die. If no one else. Yeah, will. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, if Evelyn dies, then... Well, this is what we said to my nan. It's like, if you die, we'll have your dog, you idiot. Yeah, exactly. Stupid nana. <laughs> I, I'm kind of interested <laughs> to see, and I don't know whether we will get anything like this, like, is Cerberus's death going to have any long-term effects on Evelyn? Because she was, like, really shaken and you know, not not herself after it happened, understandably, but, like... What's she going to be like back at work? Is are we are we going to? Do you, are you expecting to see anything like this, or will it just be let's let's give her a bit of a break now, and then Don't when know. she comes back, it'll all be almost be like it hadn't happened. I dare not speculate. Mm. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. I, one thing I'm sure of though is that she's going to make up with Roy again. I suppose this is why they they had been making a little bit more of Roy and Evelyn's friendship over the past few weeks, hadn't they? And the whole thing with him not going to her birthday party and everything, and it felt like. Oh, are they going to go down the Roy and Evelyn romance route? But yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it was just all because of this. But they'll they'll make up. But the question is, are they going to make up because she realizes that it wasn't Roy's fault, or what, what do you reckon? Maybe he's going to get her a sponsored giraffe. Do you think? And they can go to what's the nearest zoo? Glad, glad I can always trust in you for Chester. Uh, some from what's the nearest sensible... zoo? It is Chester, isn't it? I've got no idea. Go look at it. Get adopt an otter. <laughs> They've got pockets. Um, okay, so absolutely fab stuff. Really, really love that. Really tragic. Um, 
it was very on. sad. It was very sad, and I think everyone was feeling too many emotions on Wednesday. It was, you know, there was so, so much outpouring of grief on social media, and I'm sure that the social media people at Curry were like lighting up, going ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> Do you think so? It's funny how, you know, just to, like a dog dying can get people chatting about Coronation Street more than well, listen, a serial killer on the loose. A or lot whatever. of people were saying, oh, this is the best storyline they've done for ages. This is what Cory should be about. This is, and it is a simple story. It's such a simple story, and it's a human story, and it's the sort of story that you could have, I mean, had in Cory when it first started. Mm. Do you think, do you think that it needed the. Roy falling out with Evelyn Angle. Would you have preferred them to just I made it just about the dog have, dying? Not to have had any of that in it. I think I would as well, I think but I understand why they do it. I think sometimes they have to do that because they need everybody to get their episode cams in. No, I think it was more just we <laughs> need to create unnecessary drama no, just to string think, things on. No, I don't think that's it. I don't think it's to do with Roy's episode They cam. make things really complicated when they don't need to be. Hmm. They really don't need it to be this complicated sometimes. I mean, if you think back to, to Hilda and Stan's glasses after he dies, she won't fallen out with anyone else at the same time, was she? Maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, right, anyway. Right, I'm going to do about Daisy now. Daisy Stalking. Which we didn't have any just in this week, so this was also... This was fairly joyous, wasn't it? There was a, there was a bit of a, um, of a well, contrast. Well, there was a bit of a, a to-do. There was a to-do at the, at the Shall end. Shall I tell of, you? Yes. Daisy's wedding band can't can't do the day. Oh no! Now we call them wedding rings in this country, but in America it's a wedding band. Not that sort of band. But this is an actual Ninkum band, poop. a musical band. <laughs> As Rita would say. They they got another booking now. What a pain! And Amy's got a dress fitting today, and then Daisy. Oh, this was sweet. Daisy asked Jenny to give her away, and oh, Jenny gets all nice. emotional and she's like, "Oh, I will, I will." But what about Christina? And she's like, "I don't care." They they she have says, to like, do that. She gave me away years ago. Yeah. Do you think we're going to get to see? We've got to see the ceremony. I just I I I assume so. I mean, I I'm, I don't know what's going to happen with this wedding. I don't know if they're going to end up getting married or not. I don't know. Like you never know with Coronation Street when if a wedding is going to go through. I literally, honestly, do not know if they're going to get married. Honestly, the thing honestly, is, though, I know some things, but the I don't more know things that. You know about the particulars of the ceremony before it happens. I think the less likely it is you're actually going to see the ceremony. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Jenny's outfit. I well, don't, this that I mean, we were saying Christina's was it last been week? Yeah, now. we were saying on the podcast last week are they are Jenny and uh, Christina going to end up wearing the same thing? Well, yeah, so, Christina's, no, they're not. Christina that would have been hilarious. But... but it was so sweet to have Jenny getting asked to be the, the oh, giver away. Oh, she cried. Yeah. I love mm. them. So, um, Tracy invites herself to the dress fitting because there's free prosecco. But when Amy tries the dress on, she gets very self conscious. Um, she's obviously still, still feeling smarted. vulnerable from her ordeal and uh glenda's glenda's like oh i, I would quite like to sing at the wedding <laughs> and daisy's like no way and then she sings all the way through don't she glenda's I just singing this. all the way through monday monday's episode with glenda every rover scene just her warbling away the show tunes it was brilliant i mean she's not as good as me she she was it was the, the funny thing was everyone was saying she's quite good actually and Except she for was. Daisy. Daisy's like, like no, thank you. I don't want to sing at my wedding. I don't think that. I think Daisy realised that she is good. I just don't think that she's the look that well, Daisy's going for. She doesn't for. want cheesy like. Yeah, ca- yeah. She called her a second-rate Jane McDonald or something, didn't she? 
Um, and she... Glenda's like Glenda's like Benidorm. Yeah. Right. Glenda's like knees up, jolly along. Everybody's having a cheapest chips time, mm. but having fun and being normal people. And Daisy wants, you know, Adele. But the thing is, she, she, I mean, skipping ahead a little bit, she ends up hurriedly inviting uh, Ryan to DJ. Which honestly is like the, sorry, the lowest rent thing you can well, do. I, I, exactly. I think that. Not DJing, but having Ryan DJ, who's like such a loser. Massively. I, I just, he I wouldn't have thought that up... having a DJ like Ryan would really be Daisy's style. He can't even fill up speed doll on a lunchtime. <laughs> so. Yeah, she'd, she'd need to find a band of sorts. This is the thing that people don't sometimes seem to understand about a wedding, is that, yeah, it is your, par- it is your wedding, you should have what you like, it is your party, etc, etc. But it's also a family thing about your two families coming together and you have to compromise on quite a lot of things, actually, so that everybody has a good time. There's no point booking... What, who, where's he go? Ibiza's premier loser DJ if, like, half the people are inviting their old grannies who won't... And just won't like any of the songs. Don't talk about Daniel like that. <laughs> Daniel's like, can you put on a Charles Dickens audio book, please? So can um, we get an authentic Tudor band so we can hate on even Ollie around the Maypole. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, she Daisy doesn't fancy that. Um, somebody can't come to the hen night. I don't know what that is. Um. Anyway, Amy meets up with Summer. Is this the right? What's that? Are we having Amy and Summer in this storyline as well? Yeah, I didn't mean to. This is where I got my notes mixed up, actually. So maybe we'll come back to that Okay, right. So Glenda's annoying Daisy, still belting out the tunes, and Daisy sends her to the back, and Peter and Billy are like, ooh. Quite good, actually. (laughs) We like cheesy show tunes. Don't know why. Billy's like, thinking of hiring for the church choir. Later on, Daisy tells... Jenny tells Daisy, hire Glenda or put her out of her misery. But then Ryan walks into the bar and Daisy says, oh, be my DJ. And uh, um, he accepts and uh, Glenda huffs off. Wednesday, Ollie and Ryan agree to meet up at the bistro. And, oh, God, all Wednesday, Ollie was like, oh, I'm having an issue storyline. I've got PTSD. Oh, what was that? Oh, it's a horn. Oh, somebody put she's books down really jumping, loud. She? Just, just to remind her, she's been a bit of a victim so far in so 2023. Everyone's moved on, Alia. There's yeah. a dead dog on the street. Well, maybe that's probably why she was doing it. She's People like, weren't paying mean? attention to her anymore and I saying, oh, that, up. there, Alia, you're so brave. So I she's mean, like, oh my gosh, what was that loud noise? To be fair to her, she did get blown up by terrorists. But no one cares anymore. No. It's cause, sorry, Alia, nobody cares. And I know that's callous of me, but you're not real. Daisy brings um, the <laughs> Ryan all of Daniel's requested songs. And I want to know what his playlist was because they're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> um, then we get Crystal, who's the owner of Milk, which is a, um, a club and a, an amazing IB club. Club. And uh, they start chatting and Daisy bigs him up and she's like, oh, wow. And what is it? She says, oh, yeah, she was doing DJ and doing lockdown streaming, streaming from my house. And, and he didn't go, me too, because like five people watched the stream. So do you remember that? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. doing that. And then, oh, and Ali was like, what is this rubbish? Mm. Do you remember? Um, yeah, that was what, I, I think that was what Daisy, Daisy was watching him then, wasn't she? Was she? I think so. Maybe, <sighs> so I don't everything, know. Everything happened simultaneously oh, yesterday know. and t- ten years ago in my mind. <laughs> so 
Ryan's talking to Nick about how much he cares about Alia and he's worried about her and, uh, and he's stuff. kind of he's kind of this week thinking, do I give up on Alia? This is this is I him. can't because I've still got His feelings for her. His fork in the road now is do I pursue my dreams of DJing or do I pursue my dreams of Alia? And uh, he's trying to decide, isn't he? Yeah. And um, we haven't got a decision yet. But he's gonna he's so gonna have this dinner tempting. with her. But she she bails on him. I can't remember what the reason was that she said that she did it, but she didn't tell well, her. Well, it's, it's Ramadan, so. Oh, yeah. It's two get on like a house on fire. Who does? I don't know. Crystal. Crystal and How are you getting on with my notes? <laughs> you just wrote... Um, no, I didn't. You skipped to this one. Later, Ryan goes to the Rovers to meet up with Crystal. Okay. And Daisy's trying to set them up, and Ryan's happy, and then he says to her, or she says to him, do you like Peep Show? And they're like, yeah, we love Peep Show. He says, she says she loves Superhands, doesn't she? And they like Graham Norton as well. So it turns out so that Ryan, Ryan and Crystal have got an awful lot in well, common. I would marry Crystal. She likes Peep Show. <laughs> On Friday, Daisy um, is <laughs> mocking mocking Daniel and his little sad plans it's for stag his stag night. <laughs> You've written family stage I night. I didn't write stage night. It also correct. Um, Christine is there for the Hindu, and she's probably, like, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't just go to the um, the Royal Shakespeare well, Theatre. I was thinking, I was like, whatever. did he did it all fall through or something? Well, let's go and let's go and all watch the performance of Macbeth. Just as a no, that's classic. That's too exciting for Daniel. It's like um, watching a, What's a the one most man boring Shakespeare one man, play. No, it's going to be like a one man um, slam poetry session about the recession. <laughs> right, so um. Christina's like, I've got a surprise for you later. Oh, yeah, apologizes. Yes, that's right, Christina turns up. I said that. Oh, did you? I'm oh, sorry. Ah, you were looking at your phone. I'm Alia... not looking at my phone. Yeah, that's the same as your phone. My that's watch. your watch. Alia apologizes to Ryan for not turning up yesterday, and he's like, whatever, I had a great time because Crystal's cool. And she... I bet you Alia doesn't like Peep Show. I bet she thinks it's pure old. Oh, yeah. I bet she thinks it's nonsense. And I bet she watches it going, why are you looking out of their eyes? It's silly. <laughs> Nick, um, Nick's like, you just want to go to DJ in Ibiza, hmm. but maybe there's more to it. Anyway, the stag do commences, and uh, it's Adam, Ken, and Steve, and Daniel, and who's supposed to turn up later? Peter comes later. Peter's supposed they? to come later, and they're all having cocktails, and Daniel isn't happy about Daisy speaking to Ryan about all this Justin yeah, stuff. Yeah, Daniel and Ryan get talking, don't they? And hmm. he's just uh, he he just gets worried that they. They talked to each other last week. That's it. Whatever. It's probably going to play. What does that got to do with anything? Well, he, there, at one point he's like, "I'm going to go back to the Rovers and I'm going to ask her about it," but he doesn't. But I, I think maybe next week. I'm guessing it's going to turn into something. Is he going to have a last minute wobble or something? I don't know. At back at the back room of the Rovers, they're all decking out for the Hindu, and Jenny's got this. They've all got personalized T-shirts, and of course. I love the fact that there was one that had Gemma written on the front. Where is that T-shirt? Can I we want have that, it, please. please? <laughs> <laughs> At the raucous Hendy, the girls are doing shots and they're talking about who they would kiss, which is obviously Ken Barley, mm. a ladies' man through and through. And meanwhile, <laughs> Ken is telling everyone this really boring story about something. It's Tintin he's Well, he was about started talking about it and then he finished the anecdote and then you looked at me and go, what was that about? And I was like, I don't remember what it was. I'm sorry. I thought it was this Tintin. was brilliant. What it a was great, great idea. What a brilliant then... idea to have Daniel, boring Daniel, have a boring stag do with boring Ken. And everyone's just sitting there going, 
what, and the what thing is, is about it is that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily even that weird or out or like dull for Coronation but, Street stag do um no i mean it's like go go and have a meal at the at the rovers or the bistro and mm. have drinks with your friends i think it was just the go. the contrast between what was going on yeah. at, at the rovers where they're I all think... dressed up in balloons and banners and, and pink and shots and, and everything and then cutting to these guys you know it was literally just a family doom because daniel hasn't got any friends no. it seems no friends and at sitting, all sitting, it was really really clever i love that daniel hears that daisy's had a panic attack where's that come from that was last week why does he know this? Because Nick Ryan tells him. Ryan should be talking about that at Stag Do. And so he wants to go see her. And they say don't. And then Nick says, go to Ibiza to do your DJing. <laughs> Not to Daniel, though. Did I say Daniel? No, you didn't. You just didn't say who. Oh, Ryan. Nick says to Ryan. <laughs> Nick says to Daniel. They're gagging for people like you and Ibiza. No, Nick says to Daniel, most people go to Ibiza for their stag do's, <laughs> but thanks very much for choosing the bistro. <laughs> yeah, it's a voucher uh, for your next wedding. I can tell you're going to have more than one. Everybody on Coronation Street always goes to the bistro yeah, or exactly. Speed Dial or the That's Rovers. Said, yeah. So um, you should trust your instincts and go... Go do what you like. Basically, he basically like, oh, says, "Do what, do what you fancy. Do what you like. like oh, but you could have earlier. Oh, you could have, you know, your DJ. You decide. You decide. Don't talk to me about it. I don't care." So Christina has unveiled her surprise, and it is these two bitchy school friends who bullied Daisy when she was a kid, and her brother died and said what should they call her down a daisy down a daisy, daisy down or something yeah and um she says oh no i just met them in town i invited them because they were your friends and she daisy keeps outright saying to her they were horrible to me i don't want them to be here i wish you hadn't invited them i told you that i didn't like them and she's like, oh, no, whatever. That's They're very fine. much like she is with Justin, isn't it? Daisy trying to get her to see this guy is really dangerous yeah. and he's Christina hounding me. And Christina's like, oh, don't be silly, you're over-exaggerating. And it was exactly the same yeah. with this because these two girls that turned out were just massive cows, weren't they? Yeah, but you can honestly, you can tell that they were like... To be fair to them, I don't know why I'm trying, I'm saying this, but... She does go on the internet and go on about how cool her life is. And then you turn up to her pendu and it's in a back street boozer with a bunch of people getting drunk on <laughs> ping pong Prosecco. And Rita. And Rita's there going, <laughs> you be, dis- don't be disrespectful to me. I'm wearing my wedding dress made of toilet paper. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd, if I was if I was somebody's childhood bully and I turned up at their hendu and they were doing that, I'd be like, <laughs> that's because I'm also a cow and I don't get invited anywhere for that reason so (laughs) yeah they're they're just catty and mean and they everyone tries to kind of include them but they won't stop being bitches and um Alia tells no Ryan tells Alia about Crystal and this job offer in Ibiza and she's like oh Oh, you should go this scene was tragic because Ryan's telling Alia about it in the hope that she's going to say oh no don't Don't go I'll miss you and it's like She's like, there's not even an ounce of that, is no. there? It's just like, brilliant. And she doesn't do it in, in a like saying, yeah, you, you you go, I can't wait to get rid of you or anything. She's she's genuinely thrilled for him, isn't she? She's innocently just, thrilled. Just doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't see even, how that's going to affect No, it her doesn't register to her. No. And um, she's miss, she's missing this, this opportunity here because if she started dating Ryan, he would 
treat her like the victim she's always wanted to be. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, but no, she's letting him right, slip through her fingers. Krista comes around later and she's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's get you come to Ibiza with me. So this, meanwhile, the stag do heads into town. We don't see that. We don't see that because Daniel's having fun and we don't want to break character. <laughs> Things are lively at the, the Rovers and um, the gate crashes are... This is, when this is when they're playing the ping pong into the glasses game, aren't they? And they keep making snarky comments. And well, she's like... <sighs> Gemma does make horrible. it easy for them because she starts talking... They do a truth or dare game, don't they? And Gemma says the worst thing she did on a bus was having a wee. And like, if you're looking for something to take shots at and you're a bully, it's like, like, like that's a bit low hanging like fruit. Like one, one of your new friends, like you, you, you think you've moved on from us and you're better than we are because we were mean to you at school. And then your new friend literally wet herself on a bus and think it's a hilarious joke. Yeah, mm. you are. You've not done and, well and for yourself. <laughs> da- Daisy is like all for chucking them out of the pub, and still Christina's like, that, "That's just, that's just, just fine. Just, it's that's... just fun, fun." And they they start calling her Daisy Downer again, which is like <laughs> just the worst. Have they? They obviously have no perspective, have they? They obviously have some haven't thought that was kind of mean when we call her that. Whatever other times, <laughs> let's just um, let's let's move on. No, everybody. I think, but the thing is about it is that Daisy still seems to be stuck there as well. They're all really immature. Mm. Um, so Daisy huffs off, and then the, the taxi comes and says, "Oh, Christina, the taxi for Christina." And uh, this is when D- Daisy triumphantly says, "If all did you a taxi, get out. Don't want you to come to the wedding either." And uh, <laughs> this was this was like, what? What? Where's this come from? As she's walking out. Christina picks up a script from 1975 and says, I don't want to come to your wedding anyway because there's a family curse. (laughs) No woman in our family has ever had a happy wedding day and I don't think you're going to change that. They built up to calling it a curse, didn't they? First she says what has always happened. I thought, that's a bit weird. Is she saying that it's like cursed or something? Then she literally says, it's a curse. I know, it's like, weird, that is the but I'm going with it, coronation. I'm going with it. Like, that was the weirdest thing, I think, that Corey's done in a long time. To say what you like about hitting people in the head with a hole punch or pushing them in a bin or what other weird stuff has happened, I don't know. But saying there's a family curse. It's a good job Gail wasn't there at the uh, the, the, the Hindu because she'd have been terrified by that. She remember when she was quivering about the curse of Richard Hillman yeah. when, when that She'd go, oh, I, were you, I was, was cursed. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, so um, da- she, she, leaves, she leaves in kind of a triumphant kind of shows you, put you in your place. Yeah, it kind of very much felt like I am cutting all ties with you. I didn't want to come to your wedding. And I don't know how there can be any comeback for Christina the character Christina is such a horrible... This. I feel really bad for, for Daisy. Mm. And unfortunately, her evil bullies left with Christina, probably yeah. laughing all the way back home, going, oh my God, did you hear her mum say she was cursed? Well, I don't know. I kind of imagine the mum heading into town with these other two girls and laughing because the mums wants to be cool and young and with it and everything that's why she was going out with Justin Justin, exactly so I can imagine (laughs) them going down the uh, probably just went down the road to the bistro and had some of those extra cocktails and laughed at what an idiot her daughter is I really don't think that Daisy won this encounter but she she pulls herself together and they make toilet paper wedding dresses but it's it's not as fun as it was because Rita left in a huff didn't she <laughs> because those m- girls were being mean earlier I mean I, I guess it makes sense that Rita was there with a 
kind of set being she does, part of the she family, say, kind of. She does say to them, "You're nincompoops," doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, That's she what does. she calls the girls. I like the bit when she was uh, when they were standing up. I can't remember what they were doing then. There were bits, you know. Sometimes I've only sometimes when Rita talks, I'm like, mm, you, you, "You're past your best." But other times, then when she was stood up, I can't remember what she was saying, and she, I was I was kind of into her there. So it was a shame that she had to leave in the end. But it was really like honestly, the story these two girls are going to have. I hope that Rita's going to be in it on Monday. About Daisy's um, Hendu, mm. it's it's not gonna it's not gonna do Daisy's reputation any good, is it? No. Hendu's over. Daniel's back. He goes to see um, Daisy in the back room, and she says, "Oh no, you can't see me because it's bad luck." But I didn't think it was bad luck to see the day before the wedding. It's only the day off. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> and she's just like, I thought I had one day, one evening that I could spend away from, away from you, banging on about Seamus Heaney. What are you doing here, Daniel? He's like, I've just discovered a new World War One poem. <laughs> I must tell you about it, Dave. <laughs> we went into town and I found an old bookstore. It's written on a bookmark. Could we, is it too late to change the reading at the wedding? <laughs> Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right, so, um, yeah, she says, oh, it was awful. I've got a family curse. And Daniel says, there's no such thing as curses. Which, so why is Daniel? Which is not true on Coronation Street. Then the lights go out. And um, De- De- Jenny to has to point. go and, and sort it out while they have a little kiss and everything seems fine. Yeah, I but, think by the end of the episode, they're like, everything's going to be fine. But I think this it? was the beginning of an episode of Celebrity Help! <laughs> Do you think? Show me the ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you did you enjoy the, the story? It was very... Week? I enjoyed it. They, um, um, I, wish, I just wish that Daisy had put those two cows in their place a bit more. Than she did. They just kind of like got to win, didn't they? They, they did in a way. I mean, she's going to win eventually because she's banged herself. Daniel Osborne. I mean, well, ultimate yeah. prize. But yeah, it showed, it showed a vulnerable it side. It was a bit weird. Here's another weird. So they could they could have had her being cowy back, and then I maybe would have looked down on her a little. No, bit, I wouldn't. So. I would have been like, great, eat, cow each other out. Mm. Here's the weird thing. How come Daisy spent all of her time arranging freebies for her wedding, but she didn't get anything for her I know it's not really normally the bride's job to do that do the Hindu, yeah. but you would have thought she would have got free stuff for that as well did you see that tray full of biscuits and cakes she I know had? it was they all very pink free, wasn't it yeah. I, I wish that Jenny had stood up to uh, the bullies a little bit more well she just let and yeah she just let um, Christina invite these cows round mm. and then say yeah she was just kind of behind the bar a little bit too much I would have liked to have seen her standing up for her, her kind of daughter a little bit more I wanted them to get there were hooks slung, but they didn't. Mm. She basically cursed. Christina basically cursed her daughter and walked out, yeah. and it, like like um, a Disney. It uh, was a lot of villain. fun. I I often forget before Corrie wedding that there's going to be a stag do and a hen do. So when they started talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, I guess that does make sense that they're going to have that today. And and, and often there, you know, nothing to write home about. But honestly, I think that was a decent memorable. That was a really. That seemed like it was apart from. Christina and the horrible girls. It looked like everybody actually had genuine fun and they were all getting on with each other. The Rovers was packed. Yeah. With all of her non-speaking extra friends. They're my favourite sort of friends. <laughs> no, it was good. It was, it and was they good. had good... And, and Gemma and Jenny were seemed genuinely excited about yeah. making sure she had a really good time. Yeah. And and then you had the contrast with the with the boys. It was, <laughs> it, it was a good... It, that was a win for me. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So bring on the wedding. And, and like we said earlier, it's we can't speculate about it. Because, Show me the wedding. Because 
Coronation Street has said, hey, everybody, look what's happening at the wedding on right. social media. Okay. okay. So I'm really, I hope that there is, because we've got lots of, we've got lots of listeners who like spoilers, but I know that we've got lots that don't like them. And yeah, I, and we're I not going to talk about I them hope being managed to avoid anymore. what's going to happen. Okay. Do you think that, um, was, is, is Alia going to start mooning after Ryan now, do you think? Um, is she going to, you know, she's going to, She's going to realise that Crystal's potentially taking him off to I. I, I don't. I don't see I, I Ryan going off to a, to a beef there, but no. But we did get Alia mentioning it's Ramadan this this um. Oh yes, we did. Oh, we, today we did or Friday, that. which started on Wednesday. So happy Ramadan. Happy Ramadan. Happy... Right. Um, that. Yeah, something that um, Alia will not be partaking of during Ramadan is the Damon drink or well, any kind of drink. Um, nope, so that is a segue onto our next storyline with Imagine Sarah, it. Louise and Damon. I just want to give a shout out to all of our Muslim listeners who now have to put up with that extra hour of sunlight thanks to the clocks. Oh yeah, we are That's doing the clocks That's going to be a bloody pain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, don't forget that. Right, um, okay, so Nick is um, doing his hoovering in his braces on Monday morning. He, he does an Alia-style jump when Sarah pops up behind him. And he's not even traumatised. Because she wants to know if Gail can still look after Harry tonight because she's going on a hot date with Adam to her hotel. They're going to have sexy times there. Well, I'm, she's, I'm surprised that Harry's not dead. It's a late Mother's Day thing, apparently. And um, don't think too hard about when Mother's Day could have happened because it's a three-day week in Weatherfield. Think too hard about the fact your gift for Mother's Day day is not having to spend time with your child yeah very good point <laughs> so um nick goes to goes to work later at the bistro maybe maybe um maybe harry is like is it harry yeah maybe he's one of these <laughs> maybe he's one of these monster children that aristocratic families used to have like in glam's castle like bricked up somewhere because they are too evil well, we don't see much of him do we They're too so hideous to behold maybe the evil genes of callum Exactly. Are exactly. oozing out of his face. <laughs> so um, uh, Nick goes to work and then Damon's there with his feet up in the office. Um, when As soon as Damon t- arrived on the screen, my brain turned off. I, I was expecting it to, but like I've said a few times before, I, I enjoyed him a lot more. And, and in a similar way to how I'm enjoying Rufus being there, kind of full of swagger and lording it over Stephen in the factory, yeah. I'm kind of enjoying him um, making Nick squirm. On Monday, we had some mirrored scenes didn't we mm. which i don't know how intentional it was but we had damon confronting nick but we also had rufus confronting um, was that monday or was that wednesday i can't remember i can't remember but there was another two things that happened yeah. that were the same in the same episode as well mm. anyway um what was it what it damon? was rufus rufus and Stephen. Stephen, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so he, he's Nick's trying to get rid of him, and he's like, "You're going to go behind bars soon, anyway." And Damon's like, oh, "I'm not. I've, I've got myself a very reputable local solicitor, actually." Oh no! And so Nick's like, he immediately tweaks. He knows exactly who this is that Damon's talking about. Heads over and finds Adam and Sarah in the Rovers, and saying, "What? What are you doing? Employing? Uh, of, is that the right word? Representing?" Um, Damon, after everything he's put our family through, how can you even think about doing that? And Sarah has a massive go at Adam about this until um, Jenny asks them to leave because they're ruining the ambience by having a bust up in the in the booth. The thing is about it is that Adam hasn't even got any defence for this because it was his idea. Yeah, he you know they they're running low on funds. 
well, desperate the, I, times. I thought Dee Dee was the best lawyer in the world. Apparently. Well, she's she's lost her chance to prove herself now in the Paul storyline, hasn't she? More mm. on that later. So anyway, um, Sarah's Sarah's mad and she goes to the hotel. By yeah, her. she yeah she storms off to the hotel by herself um, to enjoy to enjoy the lovely room there. Damon tries to um, speak to Dee Dee in the street later about his case, but she is like, "Yep, yeah, you're my I'm your I'm your brief, but I am got no obligation to talk to you in the street. I I think you feel I'm." sod off and not talking to you, clops on past him. So Adam goes back to the office later and tells Dee Dee what's happened with, with Damon and Nick and Sarah and everything. And she's like, I told you this would happen. What? Why did you take Damon on? It was a ridiculous thing to do. And Adam's like, well, you know, boundary dispute. I didn't have much choice or anything there. So anyway. It was this or a fence? This, yes, exactly. So this then leads to the, the, the highlight of this weeks this story this week which was sarah turning up at chariot square and they're at the bar there and damon's there and it took us a little while to realize that they didn't actually recognize each other which is very refreshing it's not like they didn't recognize each other it's they didn't know each other no they've never known each other they didn't know each other and usually on coronation street if you're a main character you've not only do you know each other but you've probably seen each other naked but almost uh, if not that at least got your at least got your phone number in their phone already Mm -hmm. so to have these two characters that are obviously very well known to the audience interact together in the hotel with no idea who they are i appreciated that weirdly everyone's got everyone else's phone number but even your wife or husband comes up as a little icon egg yeah nobody's nobody's got a photo of each other on their phone have they for some reason anyway um they're talking and chatting and having a yeah they're just having a lovely time there and she's just kind of you know twirling her hair at him and just being very sarah lewis and and flirty (laughs) and everything and he talks about just being jilted by a girl he likes talking about Dee Dee, obviously and she tells them about this room that she was supposed to be sharing the night with with her husband it's all been made up romantic there's champagne and everything there and he's like oh champagne eh? it'd be a shame to waste it so it doesn't doesn't take her long to nearly drop her drawers does it i couldn't honestly sarah lou <laughs> so they're in the room later pouring the champagne she opens a card that's been left there by Adam and um, it's it's a, like this late Mother's Day card saying, oh, you've been a great mother and wife. And she feels mega guilty about it and tells Damon, I am just about to make a really bad mistake. I think you need, I think you need to leave. And he's like, he, he's he's not too upset he's like, about he's it. He's, he, he's kind of got his hooks into her at this point and he's he's so confident in himself, isn't he? He thinks, yeah, you'll, you'll be back, you'll be back. And um, he gives her his number, uh, his number in case she changes his mind and decides that she does she want to leave. Her mind. She changes her mind, sorry, and decides she does want to leave her husband. So then Adam turns up at the hotel because he's going to have a bit another pop at Sarah. But this is when he bumps into Damon coming out, and he's <laughs> he says he's decided by this point because of this conversation with Dee Dee. Right, Damon, I can't take you on. Change your mind. Sorry, I'm pulling out of the deal. Then Sarah turns up and's like, oh, Adam, what are you doing here? And then it all kind of starts to, everyone starts to twig who each other is. And Sarah is absolutely repulsed to realise who she's just been fraternising with in the hotel room. And she's, but she's absolutely terrified as well that Damon will reveal to Adam that she was just drinking with this guy in the room. And so she says... Oh, well, you know, I said that you shouldn't work with Damon, but I shouldn't be the only one to stand in the way of who you work with. And and yeah, so it looks like Damon's off the hook by the end of this. And um, so in the end, um, Sarah 
and Adam started getting a little bit frisky. So they get back to the street later. Sarah's still got Damon's phone number. And at the end of the episode, they meet up in Villain's Alley, still charming the pants off of each other. But she says, you're a, you're a top guy, Damon. Quite sexy. I will not deny this, but we really should try and stay away from each other. She just really likes other. drug dealers. She's She just likes the bad boys, doesn't she? Mm. You know, we got Damon, you got Callum, you got Aidan Critchley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's just she's got a type. She does. Who knows what she was getting Which up is to funny because in like, Italy? She's probably dating all the mafia. She people. probably was. She was probably, you know, dear, just she's... spend the weekends in Sicily. Um, so yeah, she was. Um, uh, it, it's funny because she's not in any way a bad girl herself, is she? Well, no. Well, she's not. She's not in the slightest. No, I'm, no, she's not got the imagination. No, but she's. I think she just. She likes the charm. That these kind of guys well, will a often have. Sort of woman, isn't there? That but she has. She never. Le- she never to... learns no, her lesson. They never do. <laughs> um, she. She. I mean, Wednesday's episode is about her still doubling down on the fact that she doesn't want anything to do with him. But basically, Damon sees Adam and Sarah in the cafe on the beginning of Wednesday's episode. He's like winking at her and saying, "Oh, I'm looking forward to meeting with Dee Dee later." But when Dee Dee and Damon do meet up, she's like. To be honest, love, there's a lot of evidence going up against you. You saying you were stitched up with these drug charges, um, but if that's true, they really did a number on you because you're looking guilty as sin according to this paperwork. Wait, I thought you were the best lawyer in the world. (laughs) Yeah, she's going to have to work jolly hard here. And um, then he gets this this text and um, he has to leave. And it's Sarah again who wants to meet up with him and says, right, you need to stay away from Nick. Drop Adam as your solicitor. I've found out what's been going on. Um, I know there's a good guy inside you somewhere. This front you're putting on, I'm not interested in it. Just do, just do the right thing. Stay away from Nick. Why does she think that he, she can tell him what to do? Well, because she's sexy and got blonde hair. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Damon turns up at the bistro straight away to see Nick and he's looking, he's looking nervous here. Nick is. Nick, Nick, Nick is looking, Damon never looked nervous, did he? He's so confident. And Damon says, well, I've been kind of mulling over what to do with you, Nick. Shall I take revenge on you? Shall I destroy you? Actually, no, you've been through enough. So he's kind of going, he is, he's going along with what Sarah says because... He, he fancies a piece of that Sarah Louise and it's in his best interest at the moment to stop intimidating her brother. Um, so Nick meets Sarah in the pub later and he's like, I, I, I don't know what's been going on. Squint, squint, squint. What's Damon up to? Why is he backed out? This sounds too good to be true. And Sarah's like, oh no, just, just forget about it. Take him at his word. Don't even think about him again. It's going to be fine. Um, and then, and then Nick goes back to the bistro and he's like, says to Ryan as well, yeah, we don't need to worry about him. And um, at the end of the episode, there's yet another encounter between Sarah and Damon. He is, he is determined to get her into bed and bets her a trip to Paris that by Midsummer's Day, which as he says his mum's birthday as well, I think, That's she gross. will have slept with him. And she's like, no way, mate, you're delusional. But I think even as she walks away, she almost couldn't, she, she couldn't resist a little bit of a smile because she likes the fact that this bad guy is finding her interested. And then she, but then she, she goes to the, uh, the lawyer's office and seduces Daniel and, and does Daniel? the old, not D- Daniel, what we're talking about, Adam, they do the whole sweep everything oh, off yeah. of the desk and, and yeah. do the old Toya and uh, Imran 
uh, moves there. They're possessed they? by ghosts. So um, yeah, I or think I think it's to try and she did it to try and tell herself that no, remember you've got a hunky Scotsman here. You don't need Damon. You've already got but, a bad um, boy of law. I really don't know whether she's gonna resist for long. What do you? Well, think? she's got till the twenty fourth of June. Yeah, I mean, she, no, twenty first of June. That's Midsummer's Day, isn't it? Twenty fourth of June. That's not right. That's weird. Why? Anyway, um, yeah. So she's got she's got three months to to keep her knickers on, at least in the uh, apart from when she's with Adam, and in the toilet, I guess, and go to bed. But definitely don't drop him for Damon. Don't do, do that. You, yeah. Do you expect that she will? Is she going to resist? Say, here? Came out come out of nowhere. They've known each other less than a week, and she's oh my my marriage is in danger. Well, they had had slight disagreements about baby things hadn't they recently no I'm not talking about her and Adam on the rocks I'm talking about her her going oh gosh this man is so amazing he's so sexy and interesting and funny and he likes peep show I think Sarah's realised the same as all of us viewers that she and Adam (laughs) really don't have much going for them in comparison honestly yeah it does it's weird. They isn't did it? a really good job they of making seem them seem a like a time. great match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was all dolled up, sexy and pretty for the for the the night at the hotel anyway. But they, yeah, they just looked like they were having a really good time. And 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 when she was saying to him, "Oh, I think there's a nice guy deep down in there," I was almost believing it as well because, yeah, he just seemed to be, yeah, he seemed to, be, seemed to have a nice time with her. So I, I'm, is he? Is, are they actually going to do it? Yes. You're gonna say yes. Yes. I think once I... once the soap speaks something into the ether, it becomes mm. a prophecy that has to be fulfilled. Well, I think that there is going to be an episode on on that night. So, <laughs> I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if it was literally on that day. Yeah, Why he did bins you off his bins off his mum's birthday. Yeah. To her uh, to go and bonk Sarah. You're thinking of the solstice. Or maybe that's what he said. I don't know. I th- I think maybe they, they did say that. I, 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 who knows? It's well, around we'll about. We'll find out when they shag, go- won't we? Yeah. So you're saying that they're going to? Yeah. So is this the end for Sarah and Adam? No, because he's got no prospects. Who hasn't? Damon. Adam. Adam. He's going to he's gonna claw onto her to the bitter end. And I she's- don't know. If he, I, think that, I think that if he found that Sarah had been unfaithful, I think that he would drop her. Even though, you know, he was a player himself yeah. and it may be a little bit hypocritical of him. But um, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of hoping that it is the end for them because they're not they're, they're a really boring couple and Sarah can do a lot better than him. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that was a good yawn. We're thinking about for another five years of Adam and Sarah. It, well, even Tracy, <laughs> one of Tracy's best lines this week was, every time I think about me and Steve having a rubbish relationship, I just think of you and Adam, Sarah, and I feel loads better. <laughs> so everybody knows. Um, but, you know, so far... How how bad on the scale of things is what Sarah has done? Go back to a hotel room with a random man you just met up because you're snarked at your husband and you're there for a Mother's Day celebration. And you're drinking champagne. And you're drinking champagne with him. I think they that's... didn't kiss or anything, did they? That's, what, I what, okay, if I did that, what would you think? That would be would pretty be like, bad. Understandable. That would be pretty bad, but you could do worse. You can do a lot worse, especially on a soap. See, I, I think that I think that at this stage, Adam probably could forgive her and would eventually. 
because yeah, yeah. He, he he's, well, they're all idiots on this show. Yeah, and and he's got he's got something quite special there with Sarah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think any any further, it's um it's okay. definitely yep. dumper territory. Dumper. So, but I mean, I I, the, I suppose the problem is that if Damon Damon wants to get something out of Adam. He's going to use he's, this. He's going to use it. And he he could say that we did sleep together. He's got no evidence well, that that's they not did. Give Sarah's him leverage. got no evidence that they didn't. That's not going to give him leverage. No, okay. But if he wants to... It's not going to give that, him leverage. He wants to upset but, him. Yeah, if he wants to upset Adam and he wants to... If he wants to have a chance of getting Sarah for himself, then telling Adam that they slept together so that Adam dumps Sarah so that she's a free woman. And I think that if Adam did dump Sarah, she's definitely going to be in Damon's bed before, you know, before the end of the week, isn't she? Definitely. She doesn't, she's not going to stay single for long. So, and, and Damon seems to be the type of guy that whatever he wants he will pursue relentlessly yeah, until he, he gets it. He's like a Terminator. Yeah. Or like so a I, terrier. And, and I think, oh, so secretly Sarah Louise does want it as well. <laughs> she's a, she's but, a naughty um, uh, minx. Do you think that he has actually um, given up with Nick? Are we going to see any more intimidation or is that it at the bistro? I think, I think there's a possibility here that he's going to get embroiled with something with Sarah, um, get, uh, to, to annoy Adam and then and then Sarah's going to do something back to him and then he's going to take revenge on Nick. I, so I, or maybe he'll threaten Sarah with Nick to say, if you don't sleep with me, I'm going to mess yeah, up Yeah, maybe. I, the, the whole bistro angle, I think that was what got me down on Damon. I just wasn't interested in no, gangs, gangsters at the bistro does not float my on, boat. Yeah, no. But And, and drugs at the bistro, No. But but I'm much more interested in the angle that they're going now. So I'm I'm hoping that it's done with Nick. Um, and, and just finally speaking at the bistro, enjoy the olive reference this week. You got a shout out. <laughs> Ten years ago, we were told, weren't we? Ten years ago, since that time when Gail overordered olives, that is like the longest running Coronation Street Coronation gag. Street gag that isn't really that funny. <laughs> but it was all, wasn't it all? Um... Who's that charming man? Damon? No. Ten years ago. Lewis Archer. Wasn't it his fault? Maybe. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know. Olives. But it, yeah, it was the last jar of olives. Gail, you silly moo. Right. Lord of the Underworld, Gemma, your favourite. Who would have ever thought that Gail would even be in charge of anything, let alone ordering <laughs> olives? What's Stephen? What's your dear Stephen been up to this week? Oh, Stephen. Monday. Nothing on, when, nothing on Friday's episode. No, I know. Sad times. On Monday, the factory folks are very excited because this um, American contract is going to be signed up and they're getting their bonuses soon. But as we know, he's been, Stephen's been blackmailed by Rufus, hasn't he, to give up, give up the... the yeah, yeah, because Rufus contract. has found out about the LSD. And Rufus wants to be the, the sole provider for worldwide rights to... Having Nipper a jumper snapper. with a same slogan <laughs> on as your kid. I worked out, I remember last week, I was like, what was that one where it's rule breaker mm. and the the, ma- the the parent t-shirt says rule maker? Oh. Ah, oh, innovative. I just... I know. think they should start a range that says, show me the ghosts. <laughs> it's not Coronation... i that. It's not Coronation Street's scriptwriter's jobs necessarily to come up with the next new idea in fashion, but the idea that Michael's 
designs and I is, don't is know just being desperately wanting to be snapped up by all these I, they obviously I don't, don't have the time to like come up with anything brilliant but the, yeah the idea that and also the most generic font I can they just it's, went scroll down that one will do yeah I, 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 I'm baffling, not buying it? it Rufus is convinced that would be the funniest twist of this whole story is if they got the, the numbers back from how many they sold and they <laughs> sold like four across the whole world <laughs> Um, so they're getting their Venice soon, but they're not going today. They don't know. Peter fills Roy in and Carla's state of mind, and Roy wants to go and see her event uh, in a few days because she's hold hold up at the, the psychiatric clinic. clinic. Yeah, with a nice leafy green room. She's got a very soothing soothing bedroom, doesn't she? she and does. She's reading a nice magazine. It looks very nice, especially even so, even especially even more so considering that there's nothing wrong with her. Yeah, so I know. she's not like just crawling the walls with anxiety or depression or no, she's you know, just wallowing. Stuff on her she's just sitting there going, it. I love, oh, you know what, I love Bella. It's great. <laughs> Look at this recipe for how to use onions. <laughs> um, Peter comes to the factory to speak to Stephen and Sean brings up the fact that everybody's voted. Yeah, there's voter no confidence. Um, to vote Stephen, the new boss over Carla. And Peter's shocked. So he goes into the, the sort of break room and has a moan at the 50 centres and they try to defend themselves and he huffs off just as Rufus walks in and Stephen's like, no, it's a bad time. Come back later. And Rufus is like, no, I want I want this market deal and I want um, you to rip up the contract. Oh yeah, this hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Sorry. I want this contract ripped up. I'll tell everyone about colour being drugged. And he's like, oh no. Yeah, I want to be the one that distributes Nipper Snapper around the world. Thank you very much. So American um, listeners and Canadian listeners can tell us how would this go down in the States? <laughs> and maybe he's got, maybe he's got like a hookup to Walmart or... Yeah, maybe. Or like Target and he could sell them there. Mm. That would de- that would definitely make a few bob for, for everybody. So um, at the break, at one of the breaks... Stephen's behind Rufus and he's like got the hole punch in his hand. So there you go. That's where it's come back. Michael's returned it. Yeah. Rufus is just like, Rufus I'm, gonna, is like I'm going to tell everybody about you drugging Carla unless you agree to me distributing yeah. nipper snapper around the world. And I'll and turn Stephen's only you. answer to this kind of thing is clobbering them on the head. So he goes, he sort of like holds up the thing to, to, to kill him. But just as he's about to... Michael runs in and and says... Um, he just says, I'm just going home now. All right, thanks, Michael. Um, he's like, before I go, can I have the hole punch again? <laughs> Obviously, I didn't... I, we weren't sure before whether the hole punch... Because Michael took it, didn't yeah. he, on the night that's of That's what I said. That's Teddy's where it murder. is. Yeah. So Rufus tells Stephen, stay in touch, walks out, and Stephen's like, oh my God, I've messed everything up. Peter goes to see Roy, saying Carla's still drowsy. She's on her medication. I haven't told her about the fact that everyone's voted her. Out of being, out of the jungle. Factory people and, and uh, Peter are in the pub later and he's like, you should have thought about what you're doing. What if Stephen decides not to step down and he stays in the factory and you voted him supreme voted ruler. Yeah. And they're like, oh no, I didn't think didn't of that. Think about that. Oh no. Sean goes to apologise to Peter. Oh, this was a lovely scene. And he says, oh, can we, can I please go see Carla? Um, and he talks about how great a friend Carla's been to him over the years. Like that time he was homeless and she helped him. Um, oh, that didn't happen. Um, Peter says, oh, of course, she'd love to see you. Just give her a few days. If was... I'm ever sick in hospital, don't let Sean come to see me. <laughs> Especially not by himself. But imagine how... you up, Yeah, but imagine it? how awkward it'd be. Like a one-on-one with Carla and Sean. 
I, I really appreciated what that scene as a, as a Sean being serious and it reminiscing nice over what a great mate Carla has been. They absolutely did not need that scene it was whatsoever, very but it was lovely. Yeah, and Sean says, um, look, Stephen's going to step aside. Don't don't worry about that. As yeah, soon, soon as, as Carla's, Carla's ready yeah. to take back the factory, she will. And then in the factory, Stephen's ripping up his contract from America and because uh, it's got colour spelt with no U. <laughs> And he throws the hole punch. Rah! And I bet you, if there's anything like any of the hole punches I've ever had in my life, all the holes go everywhere. Yeah. They should have showed that, shouldn't they? That would have been cool if we, if um he had killed Teddy and they just explode like a confetti of, yeah. of holes just goes <laughs> up in the air. On Wednesday, Stephen first was so funny. He's, he's trying to cancel this deal that he's got with the Americans. Yeah, Angelique. And he phones them up. And as he's talking on the phone, um, Sarah comes in. So he has to like end this conversation very abruptly. So he's like, hi, hi, um, you're going to hate me, but uh, we can't. Oh, uh, do the deal anymore. See you later. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> And uh, Sarah's like, what's that? And he says, oh, the Americans, they've pulled out. They screwed us over. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? They're awful. These Americans, you can't trust them. He was really laying it on thick. Yeah. And and he's like, what are we going to do? And Sarah's like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) That's what she's like. I don't have any ideas. Um, Peter visits Carla and she's looking a bit... She's chilled out. She's got her hair in a plait. She's, she's kind of dozy, isn't it? Oh yeah, Carla's she's hair in a plait. She's not dozy. She's just a bit sleepy and tired because she's had an ordeal. She's just a bit woozy. Honestly, Michael. She's not hundred percent Corpus Mentis. Michael, I think she's just not wearing makeup. <laughs> I think that that maybe was part of it. So she says, "I've been thinking about the factory, and I'm going to give more responsibility to Sarah and Stephen." And he's like. <sighs> About that. And she says, what, what, tell me, tell me. And he says, okay, I will then. You're not in charge anymore. And she's like, oh, I guess I can't blame them, really. Yeah, um, she takes it, you know, very nicely, doesn't she? Rather than flying off the handle. That's how you can what, tell those drugs work. What are they giving on. her in there? Do you think she just needed some vitamin D or something? <laughs> so Peter's relieved that she's not going mad about everything. Then we get Rufus coming into the factory, swaggering about, and Stephen's all mad at him for making him end the deal. And he says... Um, so what, what are we doing then? When are you expanding to America? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to bother, maybe. As a rule, I don't tend to work with people who've got drug... who drug their business partners. Hang on. I don't tend to work with people who drug their business partners. <laughs> I think you're nuts and you should swap places with Carla. At least we know why she's in, duh. <laughs> and he's like... Oh, you're so mean. So that that was great. I really enjoyed Rufus putting Stephen in his place. As much as I'm, I'm enjoying Stephen. Stephen and his is escapades. such a sniveling. He is like when he's in chart. When he's like everything's going well. He's very cool and collected, and he's kind of statesmanlike. He's got an authoritative kind of air about him. But then as soon as things go wrong, he's like snivelling and and like crawling about and well, like wringing his hands. Going, this is a catastrophe. He's so, I just, he's so camp. He's such a great <laughs> character. I lo- how has he been in the show all these years? <laughs> I know he hasn't been in it continuously, but it just, Not it's quite. a revelation to me that a character who was incredibly so so well yeah has turned into this amazing villain 
And he, I know he, it's not a universal opinion, but that's my opinion. He's, I mean, he's not up there anywhere close to the likes of Phelan or... or um... My point, though, about his kind of dual duality... Yeah. And, and the thing is about Todd Boys is that he's he can he can pull it off. And I know people say whatever they like. I'm not interested. My, my opinion is that I think he plays both of them really convincingly. And I think that that's why some people have such strong reactions to the character and why they don't like him. It's because of how good Todd Boyce is at playing this snivelling, like, kind of um, worm-tonguey, like, like crawly toady like pathetic mm. character, but he also can turn into this competent businessman. Yeah, yeah. He no. does both. Mm. I, I, yeah, I, it's, I, a, it's a mask. Which I, one's I, the real I, him? I That's the question. <laughs> um, I, I there, there, there wasn't a whole lot more to talk about really in that one, was there? Um, I'm surprised that Carla was so pleased that or happy to let Stephen. Well, she wasn't pleased. She was like, "Well, case there are, there are." Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, so that's just kind of tied things in a bow, really, um, and saying, well, it, Carla's not needed now, for this next part of the story, so I'm, it's all going to be down to Stephen. I have no information about what Stephen's plans are for the future of the character. No, I've got no idea. But I am I'm almost, I would put money on him killing Rufus now. Do you think so? I would have put money on him killing, um, I'm glad that he what's did... her name? Elaine. No, the other one. Gabrielle. Yeah. I think, honestly think that he could end up killing all three of those characters. But he need, I know, like we said before, though, he needs to kill a proper character. He can't just kill these side characters if he wants to have a lasting impact. Got you got to kill a main one. Well, I mean, that's why Richard Hillman goes down in history is because he killed Maxine. It wasn't yeah. the other stuff. It was the Maxine murder that did it. Now, Pat Phelan... His is... Andy and... and Andy and... Um, Andy and Vinny and Luke. And Luke. Andy and Luke were... I would say comparable to Elaine. They weren't, yeah, they weren't. They weren't majors, big. but they, they had, were on the they regular. They had their cast stories, list. yeah. He didn't kill anybody. I mean, Mike. No, he killed. Well, he didn't kill Michael. He watched Michael die. Yeah, and Michael was also very, very minor. It was just us that loved him. I think. I don't think it was minor. <laughs> no, it wasn't minor. Um, yeah, I'm just. Uh, uh, if he only kill, if he only kills. So he's killed two people yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. If he if he kills Rufus, I'll be happy. But if he kills Elaine and Gabrielle as well, I'll be like... <sighs> They've just got to be careful <sighs> with the style of his murders. And is it, are they just going to have... Oh, that's what I was going to say. Somebody's on to him, so he kills them. Yeah, he needs to kill... He needs to kill in another cold way. Cold-bloodedly. Yeah. Like in a calculated... Um, I'm going to get on top of things kind yeah. of a way. But, the but trouble not necessarily is Michael, because they're on to him. The trouble is, Michael, is that that is very hard to depict. Like we said before, without an internal monologue. I'm sure they can manage it. It's, I'm sure they it, find a way. Yeah, I know. But I'm just saying it's a bit more difficult to, to pull that mm. off than it is, oh, Teddy's running away. I better hit him with a hole punch. I'm glad that they didn't go through with that. Like when I saw yeah. him pick up the hole punch, I was like, no, so no he's not going to kill it him halfway be through. A, a bit of originality, please. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an advert break, wasn't it, when that happened? Yeah, I did. Well, it was in the middle of the. Wasn't he? Wasn't there people around? Yeah, um, he's not going to kill him in the middle of the office. But oh no, he's a whole punch fell on his head. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I wasn't particularly concerned no, wasn't for Rufus then, but but I thought it was. I thought they, they it need was, to do it in a different way. It's got to be a different method each but time. But it was good because it 
it demonstrated Stephen's rage, you know. Well, and also that he, desperation. he's already gone down that rabbit hole and he didn't really think twice about raising a hole punch to his head as well. It's like, I've killed twice, killed what's, a... what's a third of it? And I, actually, the other two I liked more than I like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so... And I didn't really like them. I don't know how to respond. Oh, 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 watch, oh, watch is like, watch thinks, is listening the watch is we're going to murder somebody. <laughs> it's going to be, we're going to have the police round. Um, okay, so... Anyway, so... Ho- I predict here's my prediction he is going to um dose he's gonna kill um rufus with drugs he's gonna give him a taste of his own medicine yeah <laughs> do you not think maybe i don't know i, I literally i've got because no that idea would be poetic justice in his mind against rufus because he's the kind of guy who blames every everything on everyone else so in his mind i'm sure he probably thinks the only reason i ever ever gave Carla LSD because you had it I wouldn't have ever done that if it wasn't for you yeah I I don't know whether I want them to kill Rufus or not why do it just seems a little bit too too low low key but I don't know we'll see um, so the pull my finger storyline then you've got to change the name so, of this like, this don't. is the last week it's going to be no, called pull my I, finger I don't think so um, so Paul and Billy having a lovely romantic breakfast on Monday morning Summer's very excited by all this because she thinks that this means that Paul's moving into the flat officially now. But they're a bit like, oh my gosh, no, of course not. See, that, that, that's the same as um, Summer and Aaron as well, isn't it? Because Aaron, it was the end of this week that Aaron was saying to Summer, oh, are you moving back in with me? So exciting. And she's like, oh no, no, I couldn't possibly. Let me take my time. But she was the one earlier on in the week that was saying, come on, Paul, get moved in with Billy. Yeah. So... So it's not good and it's she can wait why can't Paul anyway um, she she um, Paul and Billy go to the pub Billy's trying to convince him to move in but Paul's saying oh no it's a big decision see I don't really get these things sometimes if you've moved in if you've lived with someone before and you're kind of friends again and it wasn't horrible living together what's why would you stop well because he's moved he, he lives with um Dee Dee yeah, but if he's kind Can't of leave her high and dry. If he's if he's going out with going out with Billy now, it seems like it makes sense. I don't know. What I um, mean, the Coronation Street is such a wacky place, like where a, the world's best lawyer shares a, a flat with a builder. Yeah, I know. Um, anyway, Paul says, "Look, maybe one you know once I get back to work, which I'm sure is going to be any day now. Once I got my compensation, which is definitely going to happen, I'm going to be rolling on it, my compo, mm-hmm. and um, then maybe I'll maybe I'll move in with you then. So they get back to the flat later, and Summer says, "So have you decided you're going to move in together?" And they said, "No, we're just taking things slowly." So it's sad, and I don't think actually I can't remember whether Paul's hand was actually even mentioned on Monday's episode. No, but all... he's doing a good job of walking around with his hand just frozen. Is he? I'm not really Yeah, his hand's there. just like dangling all oh, the time. Well mm. done, Peter. I, I noticed that. I'm going <laughs> to have to rewind yeah, the scenes. They, they told so, him about Wednesday. About that. Wednesday. Money troubles. Dee Dee tells Paul that it's his rent, the rent's due in a few days. But, um, you know, I, I, he's like, I'll, I'll, say about my loan. I'll, I'll get it from my loan. It's, it's okay. Or maybe I'll have my big compo, compo payout once I've seen Dr. Gaddas. And she's like, oh, I, d- I don't know whether it's going to be as, as quick and easy as you make out. She even offers to pay his rent for him. But he's so so me. convinced that he's soon going to have a swimming pool full of money that he turns her down as well. Well, also, he, he's just... He likes to be the... Again, I'm saying he's just too much of an annoying do-gooder and... And it would go against his persona to 
agree to accept money from a friend. Now, all right. This is maybe inconvenient someone he likes. This is something and that that happens with people who don't have a lot of money, who get a load of money, who haven't don't really don't really know haven't what to do had with like it. A, a like a lot of experience or education about financial planning and stuff. And this is how people get themselves into trouble with loans and credit cards and and stuff because um, when you when you come from that background and I would say that I I know this from experience you when you as soon as you get the, the opportunity or you get some money you're like oh easy come easy go spend 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 never had it before treat everybody you don't Paul's not sitting there going oh maybe I should put some of it into a pension pot or. You know, this is, but this is, I think, but very I don't realistic think it... of how someone like Paul would, would react to the, to the, he, the... he's not thinking to himself, crap, I need to, I need to get another job. Maybe I should use this money to go back to college and get, and learn a, a different, like, you know, learn something else that I can do or, or put, you know. Mm. But he just wants to help Gemma because he's such a. An annoying not, do-goody twin. Yeah, I know you say that he's an annoying do-gooder, but when you're a tight-knit working-class family and one of you gets money, you share it out. That's just what it's like when you're... That mm. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, that's fine. Oh, this fine. is completely realistic to me. Paul's Paul getting himself into this situation incredibly quickly. A lot of people probably would say, oh, he's silly, you know, blah, blah, blah. But no, he, he hasn't... He hasn't had any experience or education about what to do. And to, it seems like common sense to a lot of people, but, you know, it, it isn't. Well, just to lay it on thick, just how, you know, serious a situation Gemma's in and how she really could do with how uh, a lovely brother Paul's money, they meet her in the cafe later and um, the wedding venue have called to say, oh, sorry, we can't honour the honor the payment plan. We, we need we need the whole lot. We need, we need it all now. Give us, give us your cash. How on earth will we do that? And Paul's like, oh, well, I guess it's going to have to be me, isn't it? So he goes home and phones up his bank because maybe maybe Weatherfield banks haven't got apps yet. And he transfers money to Gemma. And um, Dee Dee's like, what are you doing? Why are you flashing your cash? We, you have not got this money to spend yet. Stop, just stop getting using that loan or maybe it was his bank maybe it's his loan person i can't remember who it was but um you, you're just being an idiot paul i'm a great brief on everything i'm the world's the best, best in the world but i can't perform miracles so you're not going to be you know having millions of pounds here so anyway paul goes to see dr gadas later and says i'm still not feeling better well, he my says, still a bit wobbly no he no he says nothing's changed at all i haven't got better nothing i because I, she said to him you'll get gradually better and better i don't know how long it's going to take but you know it could be you know months yeah but and, by but this he's like, time nothing has changed yeah she's a bit concerned that it's still the same so she refers him to a neurologist um and then when he tells Dee Dee about this um she looks a bit concerned because he's he's just got his eye on the money she doctor if somebody told me that i was going to going to be referred to a specialist a neurologist i'd be a little bit worried about well, my he's own like, health for that, that and he's sounds like, bad i'm gonna get more money yeah the more money that i get the better the more charitable i can be the better um, but it all goes a little bit downhill for him on Friday's episode because um, he gets a call to say that he's getting his, he's got a neurologist appointment already and even he wasn't expecting it to come quite that quickly and thinks, oh, this this could be serious. Um, Billy's like saying, oh no, it's fine. You'll know you'll know what's happened and they'll be able to fix you quicker. Don't, don't worry about it. So he goes to go and see Dee Dee next as Paul and he's kind of hoping that this diagnosis 
if it comes, you know, today, then that's going to speed up the payment. That's going to be fine, right? And Dee Dee says, well, the, the one snag really is we still need to get some witness statements from people who were there when that bike fell on top of you, including Peter Barlow. Yeah, he's going to have to dob in his own wife and say that she was having mental health problems when she drove that van into the side of you. And Paul's like, oh, you know... I hate people to hate me. I'm just such a lovely chap and I don't want to get, don't want to cause problems between the barlows. And she says, well, you know, ultimately it's your decision, but I think you should, I, you, you, I think you should have to do that. So we later see Peter marching round the corner shop flat, fuming because he's found out that, that Paul is basically... Well, he's still mad about the fact it's still ongoing, isn't it? Yeah, still ongoing. and, and stopped they, his... No, and he's using Carla's activation. suffering to get a load of money. So clearly Peter now knows that Carla's mental health is being called into question and it's being going to be used in the trial and everything just so Paul can have this money, which Peter, to be honest, thinks you don't need. There's nothing wrong with you. I mean, we, we know as an audience that there is absolutely something wrong with, with Paul's hand at the moment, but... From anyone else's point of view, he he looks he looks pretty fine unless they've been talking to him about it. I mean, he's he's obviously off work and everything, but they things get very very tense there. And Pete so is angry. Paul's all red in the Shut face because yeah, and so Pete Paul Peter storms off um, because it's now Paul's um, neurologist appointment, who's at the hospital later, and they say right, we've got done our test back. We've had a look. We've no. investigated you. You you, you you haven't got they haven't a done any tests. They oh just no! Said so they, they've, they've, what you've got is not a bruised nerve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sorry. they wouldn't have these symptoms. We have looked at the evidence. You don't have a bruised nerve. We're gonna have to give you a CT scan. Gonna have to give you an MRI. Um, M. MRI, sorry. Um, and you're gonna be referred to a specialist. And he's he's gets kind of freaked out by this. This is kind of getting he's in this deeper than he thought he would need to be. So he goes and sees DJ well, yeah. and says, "Well, he's worried now because they said this wasn't caused nothing, by the accident." No, yeah, sorry, I didn't say that, did I? This is nothing to do with your hand. And DJ, no, nothing to do with your accident. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this bad hand of yours, nothing to do with nothing your, to your hand. Nothing to do with your hand. It's no. all in your head. Um, yeah, it's nothing to do with the accident. And when DJ hears this, she's like. Oh no! We literally don't have a case now. We can't get compensation for Carla driving into this bike and knocking you out with it. If if you're if you don't have any lasting injuries from it, it's over. We're screwed, and you are thousands of pounds in debt now. So um, he goes and tells Billy oh, this. Who... Didi's like, oh, you shouldn't have told me. <laughs> I know. Just kept it yourself. Well, we had that with a few well, people later as well, is, didn't we? The thing is, his medical records would be accessible. Yeah. So they would find it. She couldn't lie about yeah. this. He goes and tells Billy as well, and and, and makes out that he's going to be okay and everything. But he's yeah, he's he's still he's still worried, and and he's got these these massively increasing money problems. I notice that. Paul is um, in the in this trouble because he's like you say, he's such a nice guy, and he's trying to help out his dear sister. And he with with her wedding, he's worried about her bills and stuff. And then you've got Billy, who's the archdeacon of Weatherfield, yeah, or, or wider, or whatever right? he is, and he must be sitting on a massive pot of cash, and he's just going, ah, <laughs> like he hasn't said anything to to Paul. Like, look, you shouldn't have given. You shouldn't have taken out a loan. You shouldn't have given Gemma your money. I don't know, but he's panicking about about stuff. Uh, Like I can't pay my rent, 
And and put and Billy's like, yeah, that is a pickle. <laughs> Um, so Billy's like I, I've got a house I could live in but I don't <laughs> Paul goes back to the flat and Dee Dee <laughs> says that again I can pay you rent this month it's fine and he's like no no I'm an honourable chap I'll pay my own rent I know where to get by money the from. end of the day I'll have all the money I need so he goes to find Peter in the bistro after the stag do and everything and um, he's like yeah can I, I give can, can you can you take do you remember that time you offered me £15,000 for us to settle out of court? Are you uh, you're still up for that? And Peter's like, oh my gosh, yes, Paul, you're so lovely. Because he obviously at this point thinks that he's going to be rinsed for a whole lot more than £15,000. He's like, oh, Paul, what a, what a nice guy you are. You're what so a, honourable. What a good Samaritan. Most people would have ripped us off and Paul's there going, oh. It's kind of eating him up because he knows he really is ripping him off. Because he's trying to get this money and before he's told that he's not going to have any of it. But then he's like, oh, I've got to back out. My injuries are nothing to do with Carla. And uh, he goes and confesses. Does he tell that to Yeah, yeah, he does. He says, he says oh. it's, it's, it wasn't to do with Carla. So, um, but I don't Bye. think we saw any follow-up from that. He, it, well, not with Peter anyway, because he, he, Paul goes off to DD next and says... Um, oh, I nearly done a bad thing. I, I nearly took £15,000 off, off Peter. Um, what can I do? And Dee Dee says, well, you know, there's if, if you've been affected by issues in the story, there are charities and things ITV. you can help. Who could help you? Slash advice. And, um, and you, you also, to be honest, they're only going to help you so far. You need to take some decisive action yourself, including backing out on of paying for all of Gemma's weddings. And wedding. He goes, wedding. Yeah, sorry. So he goes round number five with the aim of doing just that but in a classic case of <laughs> Gemma I need to tell you something wait no, let, no, me, tell no, you let me tell you something first look at this massive card the quads have apparently made for you saying what a brilliant uncle you are isn't it lovely anyway what did you want to tell me no. he's paid it off already she's already oh yes she's that's already right paid off the venue. she's paid off the venue so this is why they've done this is why they've done a card yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, what were you saying? Yeah, Paul? Peter. P- Peter says nothing. I, Paul I says wasn't nothing. nothing. I'm not. Yeah, I keep thinking of him as Peter because he's Peter Ash. Um, yeah, Paul says nothing, nothing. And then, and then she asks, "Do you want to be my best man?" And he thinks that's just a lovely idea. And she says, so, "I know it's not traditional for a bride to have a best man, but you are my best man." So <coughs> I thought that was adorable. I did as well. Um, but I think she just copied Jen and Jenny and Daisy. Yeah, unconventional. Really um, yeah, people really doing that. other jobs. Um, so <laughs> unconventional doing other jobs. Well, you know, not right. having the mum giving, now, having your pretend mum giving you away, having your twin brother as your best man. When you're a woman. When you're a woman, weird, isn't it? Weird. A bit different. <laughs> um, Makes all sorts. So I know you think Paul's do good at, but I don't. I do. I. I. He's just trying to be a, a decent guy. He he stands out because most people on soaps aren't really, are they? Well, most people in this situation, if they're trying to get money, they're trying to get it for themselves, aren't they? And he's he's literally not. He he well, he wants to. He's not able to work, so yeah. yes, he needs the money to pay for that. But yeah. he's it's not like he's being greedy or trying to get more than he needs necessarily. Although he probably wouldn't say no if somebody said well, you know, awarded him a million pounds. He convinced himself that it wasn't Carla. Um, that was sort of suffering because she's got money and you know I, I'm I'm not really sure. He managed he managed to sort of justify it in his mind. And and 
I think in the, in this country, I think that we are quite sceptical of compo, aren't we? Imagine me. Nobody's really ever depicted in a soap as like, you deserve compensation for what's happened to you. Oh, yeah. And so... It's you... often trying, somebody trying to scam some yeah. compo. And, and it never feels justified because obviously in, in like other, in other countries, especially America, you get, you get, sue, you sue people and you get compensation for things because your medical bills will be millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. But the NHS is free at the point of service. And so he doesn't need it for that, but he doesn't need it for the fact he can't work, but he still has not got it through his brain, his stupid little poor brain, that he's, if he can't work, he needs a different job. Yeah. And I don't understand why he hasn't thought to himself, gosh, I think I should just see if there's any jobs at the factory or the uh, bistro. There are just any or... jobs that a one-handed person can do. Almost any job, apart from sewing, on the street can be done with one hand. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Anyway, what this is this is yet again we could speculate but we'd be dishonestly speculating because this morning Coronation Street social media I know I don't want all over the place. This is what's going on with Paul and that we already did know this mm. from, from other sources. Yeah. Um from, uh, but I I I wish why why did okay. they do it? Well we can't say why they've done it because that would be a spoiler. But I think it's weird Okay, I'm gonna say it. Um, that his hand is a, now turning into a robot hand that <laughs> revolves. It. That's not it. Because they're doing a tie-in with Doctor Who. Last week we were saying it was alien hand syndrome, wasn't it? No, it's a robot it's hand. Not, it's a robot hand syndrome this week. And it's gonna it? turn into a pincher every week. And it's he gonna can be like something go. Else. Meep, meep, meep. I want him to get like Doctor Zoidberg claws. Or like Inspector Gadget. Oh yeah. Whoop whoop. Evie, yeah. Think all the jobs he'd be able to do at the yard there if he had Inspector Gadget hands. And I bet you Ed wouldn't give him any more money, would he? Ed's turning into a right stinge bag. We can't talk about this anymore because we know quite a lot about what's going to happen. But I, you know, I I enjoyed it more. Um, Maybe I don't know whether it is because I know what's going to happen that I enjoyed it more this week. Spoilers are good then. Um, but. And maybe it was just because there wasn't so much Billy. <laughs> um, right, so finally we had a, a little oh, bit of the... Shout out what? to Paul's flat with the window showing Underworld. Oh yes, nice detail. I, th- I hadn't noticed that beforehand, but yeah, that, that, that what is going on with that wall, that pink leopard print? Like, I think that was Dee Dee's idea. I think it was probably Dee Dee and not, not Paul that went... That if was I was the, Paul, the decorator I'd there. say I'm not paying rent this month. Because of that. Yeah, I'm not paying rent. I'm not living in this, in this, what, altar of bad animal print. Who do you think you are? Bet Lynch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but yeah, in the window that's there, you can see the underworld just outside it. So nice little detail. Next one, explicit consent warning. At one point, um, there is something that happens, which is buried in another story, which I brought up. Oh, yeah. Which was that Amy doesn't want to move back. Is that right? I can't remember. Probably. That was quite important. Well, you you tell what do I? Well, I don't remember because you've moved it away. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just Amy. I'm just a little well, not sort. Any. I'm just I'm just trying to do a quick search through our notes. Here. Sorry, uh, 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 stuff. Yeah, this yes. is this, wasn't it? Amy yeah. tells Summer she's gonna stay at number one now. Doesn't on she? On Monday, she says, "Oh, it's cheaper." 
can you please tell Aaron that I'm not going back because she doesn't want to talk to Aaron anymore. Yes. And Summer and, and Aaron are now, are they back together? Summer and Aaron are back together, by, yeah. But, by the end of the week, they definitely But not so much are. that she wants to go and live with him. So on Friday, um, Abby and Aaron are bantering in the garage and they're talking about Amy's moving out and, and Abby says, um, make sure that before she goes that you, she gives you all the rent that she owes you. And Aaron asks Summer to move in with him in the cafe and she's like oh yeah but I don't want to rush things so not yet and so he's disappointed and he's panicking because Ed's phoning him up like I want my money give me my money I need rent money which I think is a bit mean (laughs) who is actually living in that flat now Brian's moved out is it nobody Summer's moved out Amy's moved out and it's Aaron by himself and I know he's been promoted from junior mechanic to mechanic. Yeah. But I don't think that actually comes so to the payroll. So he's the lone <laughs> um, rent payer now, which yeah. he can't afford. So by th- this episode was just about him moving into number 13, well, hang on. wasn't it? Um, Abby says, look, Aaron, we're not going to see you homeless. I'll, I'll check with Kevin, who's putting ketchup on a schnitzel. <laughs> what <laughs> in, a faux pas. In Germany. I mean, we, we all know what happened the last time that happened. How'd you say faux pas in German? Faux <laughs> <laughs> Falsch nicht. Um, So uh, she says, move in with me. So he moves in and Tracy sees it. And then Abby says, it's because of Amy. Yes. Yeah. So Tracy now knows that Amy and Aaron have had a bust up. I guess Monday she's going to confront her about that. Well, it depends how tied up she is with with the wedding. I wonder how much... Amy's or this storyline is going to intertwine with the whole wedding story. I'd quite like a lot of Monday's episode to be dedicated to the wedding, but I don't know whether it would be. But the very best weddings on Coronation Street, they they set aside other storylines and just let the grandeur of the day, especially because it is supposed to be this massive, yeah, Daisy special Instagram sponsored wedding. I want to see what that looks like. I don't want to be worrying about the other stories for now. Um, um, yeah, so so we... this is quite funny because Ed's shot himself in the foot now, hasn't he? He's moaning at Aaron to pay the rent, and now he's got nobody paying the rent there. Yeah, that was like the shortest term tenancy ever on Coronation Street, wasn't yeah. it? Like Toya moves out, it stays empty for a bit. The teens moving in, and it's like, oh, look at all those friends together living in the flat. Two months gone. later, all gone. All Where's gone. Ardy living? Where's Asher living? They're at number seven with their dad. Move into there then. Oh, yeah, Twin could, Central. They could do, couldn't they? Um, so we had, um, yeah, so Kevin's still in Germany, like you said. With is, Bill, is Bill okay? It's the only reason that they've decided to have them going off to chase, or to look after Bill, because they want Aaron to live in number 13. So what? what's the benefit, no. storyline-wise? Well, I think, it, I don't, I'm thinking it is now. They don't what's care the, about the physicality of the interiors so it's not to do with how much space there is but do... well it wouldn't even matter anyway because it's not like Aaron's sharing a bed with Abby now no no I know but I'm just wondering like how much is, is Abby going to get on Aaron's side is he is is it going to be Abby versus Tracy Tracy's going to be obviously defending her little baba Amy uh-huh. when the whole truth comes out and I don't know when that's going to be but kind of hope it's going to be soon and Abby's going to be there on Aaron's side well, I'm sure because Aaron hasn't got anybody else her. to fight his corner no. because his dad's not going to come back on the scene and do it so I think putting them together is just to help those characters bond a lot more I mean they're already workmates and everything um, yeah I guess so but 
I, and and maybe having Kevin and well, if Kevin's got to go because of Bill's being ill, then Debbie would have to go, I suppose. But yeah, maybe Kevin just would be an extra unnecessary, ang- um, you know, yeah, character to include in the story that's not needed. A bit like having getting rid of Fizz for the for the. Cerberus storyline. I don't know. I don't know. I'm waffling. I'm a little bit tired this evening, everybody. Um, But we have reached the end of Street Talk now. So um, all that is left for us to do is give this week's banging episode a score out of five. Um, Um, Yeah. Have you got... Um, I'm going to give it four. I think I'm four as well. Four... Um, typos on the first page of Adam's document and I just wanted to say that because was an Alia insufferably smug going through this paper going (laughs) Adam (laughs) honestly you're such an idiot (laughs) if you're so smart Alia where's your law degree (laughs) Um, yeah I'm going to give it a four as well I mean four four and a half out of me is just like four and a half no four and a half would be like gold all week and it was great all week, but it wasn't consistent. And it was, it was Wednesday's episode in the it middle with Cerberus was very, that yeah. was just out of this world amazing. I thought, and everything else was just fun. I, I enjoyed, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the Hen and Stag do stuff that immensely really today. Yeah. I really loved Sarah and Damon at the at the. Uh, the hotel there. well I liked Rufus and Stephen yeah and, and I thought that the Paul stuff was, was okay there was an awful lot to like but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, it was I'm, good I'm, really good I've week got, I've never given a five and four and a half is for the almost perfect weeks so um, I am giving this four obsessively tidy archdeacons out of five mm-hmm. um, character of the week is Evelyn, Evelyn isn't it yeah. honestly it's um impossible to pick anybody else yeah and in a week where there were other strong characters it was like she's so up there Tour de force yeah absolutely give her a bafta yes please so um that is it for another street talk let's move on to the cabin snooze time snooze time sounds good <laughs> sounds good to me i'm knackered news time okay um we it's a it's a difficult one this week because Why? there has there's been a lot of curry news this week. Well, we'll a lot of it's been it. spoiler. No, I'm just saying oh. that, that we can't talk about. Yeah. There's been all those spoilers that we've said before, and I and I get I get why Coronation Street likes to spoil things. They like to, they want to get bums on seats. They want to get people watching. They want to get people talking about it. But oh, it's made it really okay. really difficult this time. Um, and also, I mean that there, there was. There was huge news at Coronation Street because they had a very special visitor this week in Coronation Street. But because it's related to an upcoming storyline in Coronation Street, we can't really talk about it. So I, I know, think but you can it's say easier. who it was because it's not. It's, there's no way you would go. Oh, that that explains it. It was Princess Anne. It was Princess. They had another Anne. royal visit at the Coronation Princess Street. Princess Royal. Yeah. I love her. But she spoke to certain <sighs> cast members, and she was there for certain reasons. But I think <sighs> we're going to leave that one. Uh, until a future week to talk a little bit more about because we don't so want to stern. don't want to don't want to give anything away. Um, so yeah, that was to, we'll park we'll that. We'll talk one. That, about that next Number week, one bit of news, Gemma shocker is I that know. the BAFTA nominations came out this week, and though Coronation Street, I think won last year, they didn't even get a nomination wow. this year. What a snub! Well, I don't want one. So this year, EastEnders, Emmerdale, and Casualty were don't nominated in the soap and continuing drama no. category. And Coronation Street didn't get anything at all. So, I mean, 
mean, well, is this the sort of thing? Are they going to, is Coronation Street going to set up and take notice of this? Is it a surprise? I don't know. I mean, EastEnders, like we've been saying, has whatever. apparently been doing very, very well. Where's Princess for Anne it, in EastEnders? For itself not recently. Um, but Emmerdale is, I don't know. I've not been hearing much about whether Emmerdale's been any good or not. Was it? Was all the Marlin stuff with his stroke in the last year or is that before that? I don't know. But anyway, um, Coronation Street has not been getting the best press, I suppose. So it's maybe not a surprise. But it's always a shame when it doesn't get nominated for this. But Gemma, if they get this next special guest star in, I'm sure that it's going to be you know, awards left, right and centre. Because according to an article in The Sun today, none other than... Snoop Dogg Love him. wants to be on Coronation Street. Rap star extraordinaire Snoop Dogg has declared that he loves Coronation Street. And he says, if they call me to do it, I'll do it. I'll play whatever they need. I love the cinematography. Is this your voice? This is your Snoop Dogg This is my voice. Snoop voice. Yeah. yeah. The acting, the storylines, just part of the real no, la- no. The reality. And just the reality. Just the reality. I'd like to be a part of it because they've been part of my culture. Now, this is a revelation, just like it was when... Is that other guy wanted to be in it? Uh, I don't know. That famous man. I'm sure... I've, I, I've got a feeling this isn't the first time that Snoop Dogg has talked about enjoying Coronation Street. For some reason, I wasn't, like, 100% surprised about this. So, that, who'd have thought that, you know... Unless you've heard the news before, like I said, that somebody like him would like Coronation Street. Odd, but why not? Why shouldn't he like it? It's a great programme. I'm I mean, sure if I was Snoop Dogg, I'd love Corrie too. Let's be... Can we get him on the podcast for an interview, please? I don't know anything about him. I couldn't name any of his songs. Let's be frank. Does he do the Just Eat advert? Is he? Is that him? <laughs> not Katy Perry. Let's be frank. <laughs> no, no answer. That He's one. not saying this to be cool, is he? He's not saying I want to be in Coronation Street because it's the cool thing. He obviously genuinely wants to be in Coronation well, Street. Well, yeah, clearly. So, I mean, any, any. Well, I suggested that we had a look on Chat GPT earlier because we then we don't these days we don't need to be creative with things. If we want ideas for things, we can get a computer to come up with it for us. But you've got, I didn't, I haven't done it, but you've done it, haven't you? You said I asked Chat GPT to give me five storyline ideas for Snoop Dogg. And you haven't told me this yet. No. So you're going to test is, them out on me. This is not, this, I think, um, to honour Mr. Dog, we're not going to make him play a character. He's going to be himself. He's going to guest star as okay. himself. I mean, it makes sense because we did lose a dog on Coronation Street this week, <laughs> didn't we? So, do you think, um, do you new think, pet for Evelyn is my suggestion. Do you think Snoop Dogg cried when he saw what happened to Cerberus? Maybe he did. Now, I I don't believe Snoop Dogg watches three hours of Cory a week. Not only that, he probably listens to the podcast. If Mr. Dogg... He's gutted that I don't you know any do, of his songs. If you, if you do listen to this podcast, can you please email us, conversationstreet at gmail.com, with the header, I am Snoop Dogg, and um, just drop us a line, because we would love to have you on to talk about your love of Coronation Street. <laughs> but, We're going to have one of the listeners now, just setting up I a know, fake email address. <laughs> Snoop Dogg at gmail. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not taken already. Um, now, uh, we'll help you pitch your ideas because we've got insider contacts so if you want 
will hook you up. And these are my five ideas that right, I don't, certainly what, didn't what get. Is, what is Snoop Dogg going to be doing right, on Snoop Curry? Snoop Dogg visits Coronation Street to shoot a music video for his latest single. He ends up getting caught up in the drama of the street and becomes friends with some of the residents. However, his presence causes some tension with other characters who aren't so keen on his rap style <laughs> and lifestyle. Who do you think would... That That probably be Daniel, wouldn't it? Sticking him up. Uh, yeah, he's like radical American poetry. What's wrong with a little bit of bit of Heedy? Um, have you ever seen... You know, have you ever seen like rap battles? Yeah, well, like, I, I've partaken of one between Mavis and oh, Rita a few weeks ago. But there's this guy who used to go around in rap battles. He was like an English teacher from England. Yeah. And he used to go up against all these, you know, like proper rapper guys. And he used to be like, he just used to rap in his in this English accent. And I could just imagine a rap battle between Daniel Osborne and Snoop Dogg. That's hilarious. Um, number two, Snoop Dogg plays a long-lost relative of one of the street's families. <laughs> he turns up on the doorstep unannounced, claiming to be the son of a distant relative. The family is sceptical at first, but Snoop Dogg charms his way into their lives and becomes an unlikely hero who helps them out of a tricky situation. Okay, so who's, um, whose long-lost family is Snoop Dogg going to be a member of? The Nugents. Do you reckon? Yeah. Um, Snoop okay. Dogg plays... <laughs> what? No, what do nothing. you think? No, it's fine. I've got no idea. Um... Snoop Dogg plays a visiting American businessman who comes to Weatherfield to invest in a local business. However, when things go awry, when he discovers the business he invested in is actually a front for illegal activities, Snoop Dogg teams up with some of the street's residents to bring the criminals to justice. Right, so that sounds good. Uh, yeah. Snoop Dogg visits the Rovers' return and ends up getting into a karaoke contest with some of the regulars. His performance <laughs> is so impressive that he's invited to perform at a local talent show. However, his newfound fame causes him to clash with some of the other contestants who are jealous of his success. <laughs> now, here we go. Final one. So if you didn't like any of those, I'm sure you're going to like this one. Snoop Dogg plays a celebrity chef who is invited to appear on a local cooking show. However, things don't go to plan when he discovers that the other chefs are less than welcoming to his unusual cooking style. Snoop Dogg ends up teaming, teaming up with one of the street's residents to create a fusion dish that wins over the judges and the audience alike. Nice. Well, if, if, if none of those... No, if they don't decide to... They might as well not have them on this, at all. Then, yeah, what's the point? Um, actually... Well, I've just had a look. It was him doing the Just Eat adverts. But I've just been doing a little bit of research as well about Snoop Dogg on Coronation Street. And there's... There does seem to be more evidence on the internet that he is a bit of a fan. And I found a video here that's from 2010 called Snoop Dogg to Open a Rover's Return. What? There's one in 2007 on Daily Motion that says Snoop Dogg builds his own Rover's Return. <sighs> and then um, just last year, Snoop Dogg asks Corey's Kim Marsh to appear in his, I assume it means next music video. So he really does love Coronation Street. I love that about him. I think that makes him even cooler. Yeah, definitely. Um, And did you know that he was also actually into cooking? So that final final storyline would work. He's done his own own cooking. He's done a recipe book. It's called From Crook to Cook, Platinum Recipes (laughs) from the Boss Dog's Kitchen. And some of the recipes include Baby Got Back Ribs, California Rolling Sushi... OG fried bologna sandwich and baked mac and cheese. Surprised he hasn't got Betty's hot pot I in think there. they might be Why marijuana Why do you like just eat so much then if he's such a great chef? Because he's always sense. high. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't think that we will be seeing Snoop Dogg anytime what soon. What would happen? I think that would be weird. What would happen if he was on... You wouldn't to be honest, he'd probably it, would walk you? in and I wouldn't even notice it was him. Wouldn't it... 
Wouldn't it be if fantastic? I wasn't expecting it, he could go right under my radar, to be <laughs> honest. Especially if I had a hat on or something. Yeah, could put, they could put him in a flat cap and have him at the bar and see you notice know, this Snoop Dogg was just an extra. <laughs> Got a new member of the Bailey family, just come in. <laughs> Maybe he could be like Dee Dee's boyfriend or something from LA, couldn't he? Yes, he could. Yes, she could be like, uh-huh. I just made some friends when I was in LA because I'm the best lawyer in the world. I've got them off a few <laughs> charges. Um, there is more news, Gemma. This is different. Um, at the beginning of the week, I was we, we, there wasn't a whole lot going on, but why not mention this? Colson Smith, well done. You got a new personal best in your half marathon. Good on you, lad. So he's been doing a bit of running at the Heaton Park Marathon, and he's done a half marathon in an hour, 38 minutes and 44 seconds. Well done. Which is probably faster than I could do it. <laughs> Michael, you think you? you do I know that. I can't really do. It. I'm rubbish at cross country. I hated cross country at school. I used to walk all the way and just infuriate my PE teachers that every like yelling there. I guess that walking dancing's not running. No, honestly, that's great. He's doing his Stockholm marathon later this year, isn't he? So he's all good training for that. Congrats, <laughs> Colson. My my um my I've only ever done one half marathon, and I took an extra hour to do mine. <laughs> than he did well <laughs> I did walk it well there we go there we go I did walk quite a lot of it because that sounds quite hilly now um, Gemma <laughs> final bit of news that is ever so slightly not really Coronation Street related but I thought this was kind of interesting ever wonder what Shane Ward's been up to since what leaving Shane Coronation Ward's Street been up to since he left Coronation Street well Music and stuff, but not just pop music. He's now in talks with Netflix to write scores for their films and TV series. He's gonna write. So we might be watching something on 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 Netflix, and and the music's there done by Shane Ward. Banging tunes like uh, that bloke what done Star Wars. He says there's gonna be hopefully a few big things coming out on Netflix soon, but I can't talk about them right now. People think if you aren't releasing your own music, you aren't working but I've been focusing a lot on my publishing deal over the last few years. I've been writing in quite a few different genres. I love the Stranger Things sound. 80s synth pop is back with artists like The Weeknd. I've got no idea who The Weeknd are. Um, But anyway, maybe, maybe, maybe Snoop Dogg and Shane Ward could collaborate together. They could do a new theme tune to Coronation Street. Well, it's... I mean, I've said for many, many, many years that it's time that Coronation Street updated its opening titles. Can so you maybe imagine? they could just go full-on synth-pop and rap. rap combo fusion Coronation Street theme tune. Why doesn't I'd, Snoop I'd like Dog to hear that. release a, a single with the Coronation Street theme remixed into it? Yes. Why doesn't I wonder, he? But, I wonder, is he allowed to can do you, that? Yeah, you can remix whatever you and like. You can sample it, yeah. Um... I, I want to see the credits for Coronation Street come up with music by Eric Spear and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> Take and, that, Emmerdale. Take that, EastEnders. <laughs> anyway, that is definitely all the news that we can talk about this week. So, um, that print? Yeah. Let's do Printing feedback. Printing it on our podcast. Okay, feedback time. Feedback time. Woo. Um... <laughs> We haven't heard from Snoop Dogg yet. No, we no. Come on, we come on. The lines are open at any time of the day, Snoop Dogg. Just show me the that. ghosts. So, um, feedback. The three point three five our Facebook group scorers um rated last week's Coronation Street. So that ain't half bad. Jonathan gave it three invitations to your stalker's mum's wake <laughs> out of five. Uh, Pat. 
three Sir Cliff Richards popping out of a birthday cake, topless, and singing <laughs> congratulations. And um, Michelle, it was, it was a good reference to the thing that I'd forgotten about it had happened. Four letters after your name beginning with D. <laughs> um, so we have got three emails I think that we're going to read out tonight. And Gemma, I invite you to start off with Fiona's. Fiona says, I'm sure I'm not the only one who will say this, but Maureen Lippman's performance on Wednesday was so moving and so understated it had me in tears. I'm a sort of psychopath that doesn't care when characters die or have dreadful things happen to them, but one sniff of a pet at a disadvantage and I turn into a sobbing mess. So I really love seeing Evelyn's vulnerable side when she was saying her goodbyes to Cerberus. Such beautiful touching scenes that not only showed Maureen's talent, but showed that the writers were what the writers were capable of. I did think that Roy was uncharacteristically overdramatic though. I get that he's upset and angry at himself, but he usually he's usually more rational in his ways. Yeah, I agree. With I mean that. that ties in with what we were saying about the possibly unnecessary drama. Mm. I'm also wondering what Aaron is up to. He clearly has some weird designs on Abby. Though I mean Hang on. the thing is, just going back to that, Roy was always dead against his you know, using his phone wasn't he and and this happening which he puts down partly to his chess that he was playing is just kind of saying I, I was always right I mean that was the one thing that he was dead 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 against and he's just been proven Sometimes that he was always right in his eyes more comforting to put blame even if it's on yourself than it is to admit that sometimes terrible things happen by accident wise words thank you very much um she's uh, fiona says i'm wondering what aaron is up to he clearly has some weird designs on abby i just went onto our facebook group and a few people were talking about that i didn't pick that I, up at all no this is new Although, to me to be honest and i you know i do love abby and everything but the scenes with her and aaron today that was kind of a little my brain break scenes i was i was in oh, okay. there straight away i was i was right in there and hooked with everything daisy wise and the evelyn stuff and even the the Paul stuff I was, you know, quite intrigued by. But whenever anything for the Aaron story came on, because it felt like it was a bit of a build-up, I wasn't paying my full attention. So maybe I missed a little bit of romantic tension there. That's a bit weird. I, I, I still think that the main reason that he's pairing up with Abby is so it can be Abby versus Tracy. That would be really weird. Oh, just imagine if he tries to get Abby drunk take her to bed she says I'm curious how this will merge with the Amy and Aaron story which I'm pretty sure it will I wonder if he's going to try the same technique he used on Amy of getting her drunk I think that's literally what I just said underestimated Abby though he's yet to see her tougher side very true I mean she she I think she is gonna stand by him at first but once she realizes you know what a what a scrope he is then um I wouldn't want to be in his shoes she's gonna be kicking him out of Weatherfield I was going to comment on the Daisy stuff again, but I saw the spoiler and that skewed my opinion, so I should say now. I will say Christina is such a baddie. Amy Robinson is brilliant and it's nice to see her playing a nasty sort. All things considered, it was an average sort of week and I'd give it three pairs of big girl pants out of five and character of the week is Evelyn. Thank you as always for all the hard work you put into entertaining us every week. You're welcome. You're um, welcome. An average sort of... I'm interested to see what the Facebook group think of this because honestly, I just thought it was a... It was not an average week. It's so funny how people have different... You know, have vastly different opinions on the week. And like, I sit there kind of watching, well, obviously it was a great week or obviously it was a boring week. But yeah, I guess, you know, you have these different opinions. But well, it's also interesting what Fiona said there about Aaron, about her perspective of, of what he did being calculated... Because I, I didn't get that impression. No. But it's certainly a valid reading of what happened. It could very well have been that he planned it. I I don't I didn't get the impression 
that mm. was what the case was watching it. But then I've also seen, like I said before, people saying, oh, it was her fault she asked for it. So there's all kinds of... Different... It's difficult to say at this stage because even though it happens, what is it, three weeks ago now happened, maybe? Yeah. Um, there's been so little development of the plot since then that you'd be forgiven for having forgotten some of the details about it. And also they haven't had characters talk about it, so it still very much could go anywhere. So I hope that they give it enough time this coming week, even though clearly the the wedding storyline and I'm guessing the Paul... The Paul storyline doesn't necessarily have to be next week, does it? Because he could just be waiting a little while for his tests and everything. But the Daisy storyline is going to dominate quite a lot. But I hope that, you know, second position next week is going to be this Amy and Aaron stuff because I'm intrigued, but I, I want to see more from it. I think it's going to wind a lot of people up. Quite going to possibly. Some feathers. Quite possibly. Um, Rebecca says, firstly, bring on the ghosts. <laughs> yeah, that's trademarked. <laughs> Secondly, I still don't understand why Stephen wants the factory so much. And I agree, along with Elaine, who seems to have disappeared. She has, hasn't she? Yeah. Weird. I'm sure she'll turn Have they back moved in with each other? No, 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 they've got to buy the place. So they're going to buy the place together. It's very odd how she's coming in for a little bit. Jenny's getting odd. Jenny's getting um, jealous for a little bit. And then there's still Stephen that carry on, but without any input from Elaine at all. Anyway, um, Rebecca says, I think Rufus is next on Stephen's hit list. The Carla going to be uh, to the clinic might just be Ali King wanting a break. And next time we see Carla, she'll be, um, oh, there was nothing wrong with me. I just got drugged. <laughs> and the Roy and Carla scenes were cute too. I love a good Roy and Carla scene. So yeah, do you, are you expecting to see any more of Carla? Or are we going to have a break from her? It made sense that they showed her in the facility in this week's episode because why not show the scene where it's revealed that she's been usurped by Stephen? I kind of don't, it doesn't feel like we need her for the foreseeable future. For, and Stephen's storyline can go on just fine without her sticking out Evan. Um, it, it's tricky because as long as Stephen's at the factory, there needs to be a reason why Carla isn't because he can't just butt heads with her all the time. Yeah. So she has to be out of the show for that reason. Mm. And I don't know whether Ali King's taking a break or whatever. Um, I haven't heard anything. No, I haven't heard anything, but... Maybe I didn't. I did not like it when Carla was taking that extended time where she just sort of did the the Carla equivalent of Peter with a blanket doing jigsaws. <laughs> all those, all those. I don't even know how long it was. It felt like years where she was just in limbo <laughs> and she wasn't working in the factory. Carla out of the factory. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't right. do it for me. So. I, I mean, she's know. clearly going to get the factory back at the end. Yeah, she's going to get the factory unless back Unless they at the blow end. it up or something. But what's Stephen? What's Stephen going to do if she? I don't know. Hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah, I'd like. I'd quite like to see her coming back and saying, "Uh, what's going on here? I'm fuck. I'm cured. Give me my job back." And him going, "No, I, I think that could be a quite entertaining clash to witness." Hmm. Um. So so back to the email. Um. I don't think we'll have anything to worry about with Daisy and Ryan. Justin is enough drama and he will be back. I'm still maintaining my theory that Justin might kidnap Daisy on the day of the wedding. And I like your idea of she orders something and Justin turns up. I quite like all the wedding planning stuff, but I never connected Daisy and Jenny with both like uh, liking to wedding plan. That's quite cute. 
Oh, and Glenda saying she could get flowers from the cemetery instead of asking Tracy made me laugh so much. She's almost as bad as her brother giving Eileen Krem flowers. Um, I thought Miley looked her age. Jackson, not so much. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That story's gone completely dead this week, hasn't it? We've not seen any of that. Um, I like your theory that Faye could go back with Miley and Jackson back to Canada as Faye doesn't really have a purpose on the show anymore and it would be a nice exit story. I did like Faye and Tim scene in Wednesday's episode and yes, I was one of those people who went, what? When Miley opened her mouth. I was expecting another Bethany situation again. <laughs> well, this is, what, this is why I don't feel that like anybody... Um was prepared for Miley to have an American accent because Bethany was raised in Italy for years and she came back like, oh, mm. I'll do, I'll do, <laughs> Granny Gale. Um, I quite like Beth and Marco, but yeah, who's going to be with Kirk? I'm wondering if at the end, Beth and Kirk do get remarried and, and now we know they never did. Beth was around for a few years before she got together with Kirk. She went on a date with that creepy lorry driver and Kirk saved her. I don't remember that at all. I think Beth just came in as an ex of Steve and grew from there. Yeah. But yeah, Beth's an idiot mooning over Marco, even though they probably have better chemistry. Maybe Marco could go out with Glenda. So it's kind of interesting that two, two Mondays in a row, actually, we've had characters... Ditching their husbands. Ditching their husbands, having a drink with somebody who we feel that they're actually a lot better suited to. Yeah. So they did a good job of getting that spark there. But anyway, anyway. Um, Sam in a suit was the cutest thing ever. That was adorable. So I, I want to see a scene of, of Sam and Hope grieving over, over Cerberus. Could happen. There's not been anything that's happened between Sam and Hope really since that we don't date. Know how their maybe date it was went. a really, really bad date. Wonder what they went to go see. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I also like the Tyrone and Nick scenes too. Although Nick being narky, sorry, Leanne being narky is annoying me. Damon back on the scene worries me, especially as Leanne and Nick aren't back together again. Thankfully, Dee Dee's told him where to go in a romantic sense, at least. <laughs> Finally, loved Evelyn and her birthday mishaps. From Dev turning up at the non-birthday party to Hope being upset she didn't want a party and Hope wanted to plan one for her nana. I just don't see anything romantic between Evelyn and Roy. I just think it was Evelyn being her old self. Oh, and loved Evelyn calling Cerberus a monster on the jigsaw box. Oh, oh yeah, we did. She, we, she, could she take had, that back. She had the jigsaw box on the table, didn't she? Today, cute. Um, character of the week last week for Rebecca was Glenda. She says she enjoyed her scenes with Beth and also in Friday's episode with Jenny and Daisy. I'll give the week three and a half jigsaws with a monster on the front out of five. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. We've got Nancy. She says, The Stevens storyline took a step forward this week and Stevens really stepped up his game, dragging Carla and setting fire to a flat. The scenes between Roy and Carla were lovely. Sean and Izzy made Stevens' job easy by saying him and Sarah should run the factory temporarily, but he clearly wants to own it permanently. I could tell he doesn't want his Sarah involved. I think Gabrielle will find out That's, about... Just pause a minute. The, there was, that was quite interesting. Do you remember this week when... Was it Rufus accused... Um, Stephen of like offing or drugging like, Sarah. Next. I would never do that to my niece. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but I said, well, I said that to you. That sounds like a, a prophecy now. Yeah, it does a little bit. And he did try and drug Audrey a little bit, doesn't he? A few months ago, do you remember mm. in the pub? So I, I don't know. I think I think Sarah's not necessarily safe, especially no. if she cottons onto him. Not that Sarah could cotton onto anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she can't cotton onto anything, which is quite funny, considering, considering she works she with fabrics all day long. Very nice. Um, 
I think Gabrielle will find out about this factory and give Stephen trouble. He will end up killing Rufus. What will he do about Elaine though? Carla will be tested at the facility and may start figuring things out. I feel that there are things about Underworld Stephen may not know. Is, is Carla going to be tested at the facility? Is she going to have to name African um, and, and jungle animals like Shona did? Yeah. It's a rhino, Carla. And, Don't and forget. write down the times mm. and the clocks. I loved how Daisy got Justin arrested. Justin's sister showing up was a great twist and filled in some of Justin's character. I like Miley. She's a bubbly personality and I think Jackson is going to ask Faye to raise her. Ooh. What can you say? I like Glenda being involved with Beth. I think it's more interesting than having Beth talk to Sally or Fitz. I wonder if Glenda will meet Marco. Kirk should marry Beth. I give this week five... This week's episode three of Carla's Flaming Toasts out of five. <laughs> that sounds like Carla's speciality recipe, doesn't it? Yeah. Character of the week is Stephen. I love the risk Daisy like took. Like the Flaming Moes from The Simpsons. <laughs> I love the risk Daisy took to get Justin arrested. I love Stephen's scene with Rufus. Thank you for another outstanding podcast. Thank you, Nancy. Thank, Thank you, you, everybody. everybody. Thank you for everybody who's tweeted us and messaged us and written on our Facebook group over the over the week. Always appreciate. Thank you, you everybody, in. and thank you, Snoop Dogg, for justifying our love of Coronation Street by being cool and liking yeah, it. Yeah, we're just saying th- yeah, and, and thank you in advance for everything coming on the, show. Coming on the show and, and chatting with me. I would you wouldn't know imagine, what to say, Just would imagine you? if he did and says, yeah, sure, I'll be like, um... um what questions um, can I ask? What's your favourite character? When, what made you start doing rap music? I think you can probably find out all of that. Yeah. Don't ask him questions think, like that. No, I want to find out just about Coronation yeah. Street. I don't but care like, that you, you're have you a, seen a, a the 60s? actor and rapper extraordinaire. Tell me about, yeah, all your Coronation have Street you seen the, Have you seen the 60s episodes? Because if not, you might love them. But if you come over our house, you can watch them, but you can't smoke in the house. No. We'll have to sit you on, on the decking. No kind of smoking. <laughs> cigarettes. That, that, would be, that would be a deal breaker. Mm. Um, right. We are done for the week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, we really enjoyed Coronation Street this week, and, and and I hope that that came through in our discussion of this week's talk. And I'm, I've I've got high hopes for next week. I'm really excited to see Monday's episode with the wedding. Wish it a big chunk of it hadn't been spoiled. And there's, you know, there there are layers of spoilers that have been going around the internet. There's not just one layer of spoilers. I am pretty fuming about it but it's I not all Coronation Street's fault some of the spoilers that have been out there want to know whether Daniel will have written his own vows and if they if he has oh, what gosh, are they yes. going to be like can you imagine uh, how how, how long they would be they would be oh my goodness <laughs> yeah so um, great stuff I'm looking forward to that I hope I'm not let down and yeah hope that, that we, that's going to be like potentially four bangings in a row for me for Coronation Street it's on fine form at the moment well Can't done wait to see so Denise at the wedding if you would like to be of her son I know, I, what Denise. Oh yeah, Denise. She's not going to come, is she? What's the ring, ring. What's be? that, Denise? You can't come because you've. Well, Denise is kind of happening. just abandoned him anyway, hasn't she? Right. If you would like to um, write in and share your thoughts on Coronation Street recently, or just a bit of podcast feedback to say what you've been enjoying about the podcast, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail Show me the ghosts. If you've got a picture of a ghost, show, email show it to me. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> prove me wrong. Um, iTunes reviews please we haven't had one of those for a little while we'd appreciate a lovely five star review there um, celebrity help write us a review on iTunes yes 
Instagram, we are there. We are on Twitter, Spotify. I, I know we've got a lot of people listening on Spotify at the moment. I had to sign on there myself recently. And it, it started this feature now where it, you can ask questions and things. But if oh, you don't yeah. ask questions, it will automatically generate a question, which is what did you think of this podcast or something? Oh. So thank you to the people that have been replying back. Because we have had a few comments on our Spotify just uh, in the last few weeks. Of people Spotify? saying, yes, yeah, Spotify. I know, it's a whole new world, Gemma. What? You can write comments on things no, on Spotify No, I don't like now. that. No, no, And people no. have been saying they've enjoyed the podcast. Well, I'm Thank glad that much. they like the podcast, but more, no. Mm. Um, I like Spotify because it's literally just a score. Don't forget, don't forget Facebook group. I thought you were talking about Instagram because we've got, you no. did Instagram questions. I did do some Instagram questions this week, yeah. Um, we are on Patreon. I think we're going to be recording our March Patreon episode um, this weekend aren't we you told me the other day yes. we might do it on Sunday yeah. so okay. keep an eye out for that hopefully it'll happen because it's going to be April to, before yeah. this time next weekend so yeah, you've got yeah, that yeah. much choice um, YouTube wise um, don't uh, anything going on on YouTube street talk shorts of course pets. we we, we, we republicised the pets thing this week, even though it's been on there for a while. And um, we did our Eve Sykes character profile this week. Not on YouTube Everyone yet. Was clamoring for it. Thank you to everybody who loved our Eve Sykes podcast <laughs> and let, oh, let us get away okay, with doing yeah. that one. Um, um, what? Bottle, bottle, final Don't plug. Don't forget, if you want a bottle, you have to tell us this weekend. Conversation Street special Platinum edition sounds fancy, doesn't Email it? Us, Ooh, wouldn't you love conversation one of street at gmail.com and we're not making money from this. It's just no, it's just quite we, expensive. We're not clever enough to make money out of No, merch. we just thought that people might like them. So but I am going to make some money out of my new my reality TV show, which I'm pitching. Mm. If anyone wants to buy this idea off me, celebrity help. That's not your It is my idea. Exists. No, it's called Celebrity Help, like we came up with last week. I'm officially Is that where you can formally... hire famous people to be your own pairs? No, my idea is... No, it's Celebrity Help. My idea is every week a celebrity will come to your house and fix something. Like, I'm going to have one where Gemma Collins has to come and sort your plumbing out. Mm. And she come around your house, she'll be like, I don't know, babes, I don't know. I'm looking at it on I YouTube. I Curry celebrities come around here. We're and then gonna they come get... into the room and look at all the pictures of coronation okay, things on the wall. That is freaking like, weird. Sado. Okay, uh, or then we'll have... Who can we have from Corrie? What's, what, 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 what problem have we got in our house that we want sorted? They can do the damp downstairs. Okay, he's going to be good at sorting out no, damp it's not problems. So, no, that's not the idea. We want people that are comically unfit to do the task that they are being asked to perform. Oh, and get it's like, Babs like, then. Get Barbara Knox. She can come Barbara and sort Knox, out our damp problem. Barbara Knox, you come and do our damp patch. Yeah. <laughs> we'll make her a cup of tea. There you go, Babs. Come on. Chop, chop, lady. There's still, there's still water <laughs> on the floor. What are you playing at? Right. It'd be like Challenge Annika, except everyone's incompetent. Oh, that was on last weekend, wasn't it? That new, there's a new episode of Challenge Annika, or was it Treasure Hunt that they did? But whatever it was, we missed it. Did anyone else watch that? Annika Rice good? is a national treasure. Yes. Right, I'm trying to finish this now. My mouth is very dry, so I might have a little bit of water in then. Off to Beddington for me. So, see you next week, Goodbye. everybody. Goodbye. And the music for this episode came from podcastteams.com. Oh, oh, oh.